Hello and welcome back to Hit the Post. We are back with a Cheltenham Review Pod. We haven't actually recorded a podcast in three weeks. You'll have to forgive us if we're a bit rusty. Uh, we're probably going to end up like Mum's Tipple did during his three-year-old campaign. But don't worry, we will bounce back just like he did in the Lady Wolf Runa a couple of weeks ago. Today we'll just be spending a few minutes reviewing each race from Cheltenham and discussing potential targets for the winners. I'm joined today by Harry as usual. Hello, Harry. Hi, mate. How's it going? Very good. Uh, our guest today is my tent or yours, his biggest fan and jocked off runner up to me, Michael Andrews. Yeah, I was absolutely robbed of that prize. I brought all of the uh, all of the sounds and uh, somehow I was pipped to the post. At least it was by someone who has a pretty decent name. Uh, so I'll, I'll forgive you. Thank you very much. Hopefully we don't get confused when Harry refers to us as Mike and Michael. Um, <laughs> if you do wish to listen to Jock Toff, you can do that on the Turf Talk pod on Spotify. Uh, it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. And it was quite a close finish. I think I had 31 points and uh, there was joint seconds on 30 points. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. So uh, another big thanks to Lewis and James for getting me on for that. Um, shall we get started, boys? We'll just go... Race by race, day by day. Um, the Supreme, Harry, what did you make of that? Uh, well, it's pretty much the only conclusion you can draw from it. Like, appreciate it is an absolute monster. Um, I, uh, I pretty much had my bollocks on last year for the bumper. Um, and I was absolutely heartbroken when Fernie Hollow beat him. Heartbroken. I've been champion of the Appreciate fan club for a while now. And... I just knew a big one was coming, especially when the ground was pretty much good to soft in places as well. I knew we'd get a big one, especially with for, ple- for pleasure towing him on um, in this race, and he duly obliged and won as an odds-on favourite should do in the Supreme. It was exceptional viewing. Um, Blue Lord was running a good race, but kind of just fell at the last. But he didn't really fall. Watch it back, he kind of falls afterwards. It was a a tired fall. Um, Watching back running the replay. A, running a belter well, otherwise, though, wasn't he, Blue Lord? Ah, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, He'll definitely improve again. I think he might want to step up and trip, perhaps. Um, But then you watched him the time before, and you the step down and trip. He's, he's a bit he's a bit of a weird one. I don't know if they know his distance yet, really. Um, But he was just beaten by an absolute warrior of a horse. Um, I've watched the replay back about a thousand times now. Um. And I still don't know how Ballyadden rallied for second, to be quite honest. I think he'll be the one to take out of it on on good, better ground than, than this. I think he could be even better, but it doesn't help when you're a national hunt horse and you're racing through winter and awful ground like he has been. But credit to him to run well again. Um, for pleasure, I can't believe he placed. Um, I wonder what price you would get about a place. I mean, there was only seven runners, but... If there was eight, he'd have been at least 20 to 1 for the place. So he ran a screamer. Metier, uh, Saw and Glory were both disappointing, albeit Metier, probably more the disappointing of the two. Um, but yeah, I just think we saw an exceptional horse in the first race. And um, it was just what you needed to elevate the mood before the COVID piece ITV showed, which swiftly brought everyone back down to earth. Yeah, I wasn't that bothered. <laughs> I wasn't that bothered with the COVID thing. I just muted it. It was Piers Morgan uh, seeing his face. That infuriated me. Uh, um, Michael, Harry has pretty much finished everything that needs to be said about the Supreme. But if you've got anything else to add, you you can. 
I know he's pretty much mentioned every horse. So if we, it could be a long podcast if we're uh, going all the way through that. Um, <laughs> I'm only teasing. Uh, I thought that I thought Blue Lord would get more of a mention considering um, how important he was to your betting of the week. Um, oh, don't! I've literally, we, I've just gotten <laughs> over it. Um, for the benefit of the viewers, I had um, I think a sevenfold of uh, a decent bet on all seven to place and. Blue Lord was clear second, and I think he cost me something like twelve, thirteen hundred. So thanks, Michael, for bringing that one up again. You're very, very welcome. Um, I I thought this race was a bit poor, to be honest. Um, basically, uh, appreciate it was allowed to do pretty much what he wanted. Um, in fairness, you know, it worked out perfectly for him. That horse for me, appreciate it. You know, over three miles is a, is where I think he'll really come into his own. Um, so the fact he got away over two miles just does suggest a it was a weak race and b he's probably a very talented horse so I can't knock him at all um, I did back Bally Adam um, who I don't think was going to win when he um, you know ruined his chances um, when he blundered really badly um, but I don't think he was going to win you know and I, I think the fact that he managed to rally to get up for second suggests how weak the rest of the field were um, I didn't realise Full Pleasure even came third. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, fair play. Like, I think that says a lot. Um, in essence, you look at Soar and Glory, um, 50 ball um, was quite disappointing on Friday as well. So I think that suggests that, um, it, you know, drives home even more that the UK horses aren't very good and that bet fair hurdle, whilst it looked quite chocker of UK talent is perhaps not true at the highest level. So, um, yeah, I, th- I thought it was a bit disappointing, but you can't knock the winner um, in fairness. And I think the winner will be by far better than these as the 24 length suggests. Yeah, it was an absolutely fantastic performance to uh, really set the tone for the week. We were expecting Mullins and town and domination. We didn't exactly get it. Uh, Bally Adam, I think you can, like Harry said, mark his performance up did very well to rally for second after nearly unseating Jack Kennedy two out for pleasure ran a blinder in third I think that it would have been nicer to see him go off like the clappers like he did when he beat third time lucky and Metier, like you said very disappointing but the Tolworth hurdle form it never amounted to much and I think I put out a tweet a couple of days before the Supreme I said why is Metier nine to two he should not be that price <laughs> it was absolutely ludicrous I was like who's backing this guy um I think he needs heavy ground as well. He definitely wasn't seen to best effect. And I don't think that he'll be a grade one horse in future. Um, the Arkle, the Marsh... Bar- barring the fact that he's already won one. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it was a grade one in name. It wasn't a grade one in form. Like, shake him up, Harry was second. That's that's all that needs to be said. Would we send appreciate it to the Arkle, the Marsh or the RSA next year? Marsh. It's got to be at least the Marsh for me. Got to be at least that. I yeah, think I, you could even argue that he would have a, still a massive chance in the R-Court. Like, I, 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 I mean, I'd love to own any horse, but I'd love to own appreciate it. Like, you could pretty much go anywhere you wanted with him, but I'd personally go to a marsh. Yeah, I, I probably would as well, to be honest, depending on where Bob Ollinger, etc. go. Oh. I mean, we'll we'll touch on that later, but I think that the R-Court might be a little bit hot next year. Doosat, Mon Morale, potentially. Uh, speaking of the Arkle, let's move on to it. Uh, Shishkin absolutely routed the field as easy as he liked, with Eldorado Allen in second. Yeah. That's even more balmy than For Pleasure coming in third, isn't it? Um, Harry, go on, set us off, and then we'll just pick up the pieces when you've inevitably touched on absolutely everything that there is to touch on. I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm glad you started with me, so 
um you guys can sort of savor it because i have a very strong opinion in this um there was a man on either racing uk or racing uk racing tv it is now or at the races um there was a clip of him saying that he thought anergamine won and he was at he should have won and he was absolutely crucified on racing twitter but for what it's worth i agree with him um, oh god no 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 not no. again yeah again i i on the previews when we did this i really thought anergamine was a good thing for this like shishkin's a very very good animal as we as we saw but fundamentally 12 links to eldorado allen i know he was eased down but the way the race set up with captain guinness and all mankind taking each other on really early you know where an argument would have been and he would have he would have absolutely laughed at him like shishkin hit i think about two three flat spots i think he'd have jumped and out traveled him and just got first run i think the first run on him could have made all the difference i don't think he'd have won by far but i do think he'd have won and I know I'll be called all sorts for having that opinion, but I'd really still love to see them take on each other. I'm firmly in the Anergamine camp. Um, just to touch on the pace, I don't know if Captain Guinness is a, a weird, weird ride. Um, he was edgy beforehand, but why why did Rachel take take on Harry? Like, I I thought that was puzzling. She had a great week, but I think that was one of her worst rides. Um, and the ones she ended up on the on the deck on but I, I i still can't see why she had to take him on maybe it was the horse perhaps but i think it was a really poor arco and anergamine would have won i thought you said that you were going to make that brief it was brief <laughs> <laughs> well i wanted to talk about captain guinness i couldn't understand why he was taking on the day <laughs> I, I may as well just be silent you can uh, you can take the lead I, i've got nothing further to add other than I think that the winner wins the champion chase next year and the year after that, I think that he's a better horse than Energumin. I think that Energumin would have been absolutely gasping for air at the end of that. I think Eldorado Allen would have beaten Energumin home. Are you serious? Um, no, of course I'm not. I just wanted to annoy you. <laughs> annoy you. Um, yeah, Shishkin wins next year's champion chase, but six to four. Jesus, that's an over exaggeration from a bookies. Uh, Michael, the Arkle whatever's yeah. left of it for you to salvage he's like my main soundboard here so um shishkin wins the arkle oh please play oh no it's not playing there you go so i chuck that in because it's one of the only five british winners of the <laughs> so that will only get five five tiny little plays um <laughs> Basically, Shishkin, yeah, would have won the champion chase if it was in it. Uh, it was very easy. All Mankind, I knew that was going to happen, even without Captain Guinness taking him on. Um, that horse will lap up easy field events. But when there's um, when it's a bit when it's a proper grade uh, grade one, I just don't see him at the top. Um, but yeah, Shishkin's very, very good. And we're lucky that the Donnellys have at least put some horses in the UK, because otherwise that would have been another winner for the Irish. Yes, indeed. Um, I can't lie, it took me a while to clock on that that was uh, Royal Britannia. I, <laughs> I'd, yeah. I thought like, that it was a Christmas carol. I thought that it was, we oh, wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I was like, what's it doing? What is the relevance? <laughs> <laughs> I was really confused. Uh, sorry, I should have just put in God Save the Queen, shouldn't I? Do you want, do you want that instead for the next? Uh, I've, I've a works, don't you worry. 
the next race is a handicap, so Harry probably won't want to speak at all, thankfully. Um, no, I'll, you guys can go first on this. I'll, I'll, I'll kick up. us off. I'll, I'll have a little humble brag that I write was put up as my best each way better for week. And uh, he was back from 20 to 1 all the way down to 11 to 2, and he came third. So decent profit for any listener that followed me in on that. Um, happy go lucky. The Gavin Lynch good thing. He was second. And Vintage Clouds, one absolutely gallant old boy he is. 11 years old, fifth attempt in the ultimate, and he jumped them silly from start to finish, won by five and a half lengths. It was absolutely remarkable, made all the better by the fact that I backed him at 25 to 1, 30 seconds before the off. That was quite rewarding for me. Um, Michael, Thanks what are for your giving thoughts? It to the listeners, mate. Yeah, well, I didn't realise he was going to be wearing first-time headgear when we recorded it two and a half weeks in advance. <laughs> so you can pipe down, <laughs> Michael. Did you or did you not enjoy Vintage Clouds jumping them silly in the Ultima? It was it was good to be fair, and I I, I love this race. It's a race I've kind of farmed myself with a you know a, f- a few horses. I, I when I watch racing, I'm quite a, a very quiet person until they've crossed the line. But if you ask my mates, the year Holywell won at the, <laughs> I really cheered him home. I couldn't have been louder. Um, but and I like this race, but have to say i thought it was a, it just said a lot about the state of uk racing when this is basically a given this race by the way the irish give us this race yeah we've they don't, not they don't, since 2006 have they i don't understand why they do but they basically don't enter any horses i'm not i don't know if i don't know if that's just a fixturing thing if there's a three mile handicap chase nearby that's better uh that's me being slightly ignorant i just don't know why but we've won it for as you say the last 15 years or so are those the best horses that he could have put up? Really? Um, I was. It was great for Vintage Clouds, but the fact that he's been beating it in it what the f- last four years before that, and he finally wins, says a lot about the uh, the quality in that field for me. And a lot of them were all a bit overexposed. I think it was a great each way bet on I right. Um, I think I was in a similar position. I thought I kind of came down happy go lucky as well because he was the only horse that had some kind of potential. But in essence. I was genuinely really disappointed in this race. This is the race that's given us Holywell, who, you know, then went on to place in um, in a gold cup, the Druid's nephew um, in Tompel 2, um, the conditional, you know, we're talking about some really cool horses here. Vintage Clouds for me, aged 11, on his fifth attempt, doesn't really sum that up. He, he might win a Scottish National. He very well, if uh, he does, if he does, then I will eat slightly humble pie. I think he might go up in the weights quite a bit. Yeah, he's gone up seven pounds for that. Cat's uh, him winning the Scottish National as an 11-year-old off 150, but he can try. Um, a sad postscript was that one for the team, I believe he got injured, um, fatally injured at home. So condolences with the Nick Williams team. That was quite sad news when Matt Chapman broke it on ITV. Um, Harry, do you have anything to add at all with your um, least favourite race of the week? Or one of? <laughs> one of. Um no, I think you guys have summed it up well. Um, just going to say it, though, because we forgot to mention it. Um, I think we've had, well, up to the Ultimate on the third race, I think we've been in the money pretty much every race. We both agreed that um, All Mankind was a place lay in the Arkle. You put up I write each way, and I think I pretty much said that Appreciate it was a certainty as well. So free from free, not bad. Uh, one. I was going to review the tips at the end of the day and then have a little humble brag, but if you well, want to do it I, now, that's fine. Should we I'm, do it race by race? I, yeah, I think we should. Um, I think we've done well here. I, I, to be honest with you, I love the handicap so much, I forgot what I put up in this race. Uh, you put up Lieutenant Rocco. That went well for you, didn't it? 
Oh, well, yeah, no, that's grand. Good, then, good so. job everyone was non-running out bags except William Hill by the time we released them. Yeah, for what it's worth, I think he might have won. Um, but yeah, no, um, it was it was fun to watch the old boy win. And he jumped, he did jump on silly. I, I thought for all the world that happy-go-lucky Tannenin was the winner. But I think he might have needed the run. So it is kind of, you can, it's in a performance you can upgrade somewhat because he did look pretty flat from two out didn't he so yeah uh, that's all from me yeah yeah going back to the tips our guest for the supreme uh will kajani he said bally adam without the fav was a better bet landed as well so on the whole day one so far going pretty well uh dan overall he was very keen on i right as well at 20 to 1 and then the champion hurdle me and you gunned down racing willow uh, we both put up Honeysuckle. He put up his beloved Epiton. So we were in the money there. What an absolutely fantastic performance from a mare. Yeah, yeah, it was brilliant to watch, wasn't it? Um, I think the market knew. I mean, that's a cliche term, but she was, what, five to two-ish when we put her up? I can't remember. We did it a week or two before, didn't we? Um, three to one, I think, maybe. Three to one, yeah. So she finished off 11 to 10, and she won... As the market said she would, she was absolutely brilliant. Um, I couldn't, I could not have her beaten, to be quite honest with you. Um, Epitant and Charger had points to prove, whereas Honeysuckle, I mean, she silenced all the doubters um, last time in the Irish champion. Um, she ran so well. Um, oh, I've, I've just got a text as well. Um, Goshen's finished. So. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> yeah. Oh dear! Yeah, no. Um, I'm, gonna to, I'm gonna have to bring out my my uh, Goshen protection like racket. Okay. Well, yeah. No, she she was brilliant, and I think there's been a bit of talk of whether she might go chasing next year. I think that would be silly. I think she has the next couple sewn up. If I'm quite honest she, with you, she can win that again next year. Aspire Tower ran a good race. Um, yeah, you put him up as your each way selection as well. I've got it written down here. He was fourth. Um, some firms would have probably paid four places, but I think most of them were, weren't they? William Hill yeah. went, was silly enough to pay five places wow. in a ten-runner race. Well, he was SP'd at thirty-three to one, didn't he? So, yeah, he ran a decent race. Um, Silver Streak, not so sleepy, a bit underwhelming, but you couldn't really expect much more. Uh, long and short of it is the best horse in the field won and won really impressively for the connections that were Rage of the Week and. Uh, Rachel and Henry. Yeah, Michael, anything to add on the champion hurdle? Uh, not massively. <laughs> yeah, not massively. Um, I I have to say I've never really warmed Honeysuckle, but when I was staring out the back of the screen trying to find where Goshen had got to, um, all of a sudden she was four lengths clear, and I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> this horse this horse has got gears, and I'll come on to it later. But Rachel Blackmore, though, she really outthought every single jockey. At the festival I know she was on very good horses but in every case she was always somehow in the right place and she always seemed to just kind of have that technical edge I'm not you know but she's you can see that that I think that's why I haven't warmed to honeysuckle because I don't feel like she's ever gone out on her sword she's never had to fight because she's so good and Rachel Blackmore never gets her into a tricky situation that it just is so easy and I think that's because it's so easy and so bloodless I've just haven't got that kind of heart towards her yet um Charger always run, runs well um so good to see that but from the Goshen point of view I think 
I think we need to give them a break slightly. Um, I really hope from from the Moors' perspective, like I, I rode alongside um, Jamie um, uh, a couple of months ago, it was, and I went, oh, who's that? And he went, Goshen, the bane of my life. And this is before he decided to hang throughout a champion hurdle on one of the biggest days of the year. Um, you know, he, he the horse is incredibly talented. He really is. Um, and he has just had, just has his quirks. He just has his quirks. And I wouldn't even say, I wouldn't even say that the triumph hurdle was his quirks. That was just really serious, seriously unlucky. Um, apparently Jamie still blames himself. I honestly don't know how, but apparently he does. Um, but personally, I've always been a big fan of, of saying that those horses that try and compete at the top level as a five-year-old, if any of them get anywhere close, they're doing better than they should be because that jump from, you know, from a triumph hurdle into any kind of race as a five-year-old is incredibly hard. You know, look, look at something like Deffy Desoy. I know he's gone off the boil again this year. Um, well, he's injured as well, isn't he? But um, it, that year, if you have a look at his form in between his triumph hurdle and then when he kind of came back as a six-year-old, I think he raced twice and he was never placed in either of them. And then he came back to, you know, kind of, you know, up until the um, the champion chase, he was on top of the world. So I just think Goshen as a six-year-old, I think we'll see the best Goshen. Um, as for putting um, Honeysuckle over fences, I'd, I'd give it a go. I know she's got this division sewn up, but she's always looked like a chaser. And that'd be fascinating to have a good mare chasing, you know, that really would be interesting. Um, but I, I don't really mind. Did you watch the champion chase? Uh, yes, that's a very, very, very good point. <laughs> did, did you watch the mayor's chase on Friday? <laughs> uh, oh, the mayor's uh, chase, less, less a good point. Put the kettle on. No, yeah. BHA, how you say that? Put the kettle on wouldn't um, probably hold a candle to. No, I agree. Interesting I, point about the five year olds as well. Um, that was a really good point, actually. Like, James Duberle was a five year old as well, um, and he no run whatsoever but you could probably excuse that was his first uk run um just uh more collapsed to aspire tower than i guess he's yeah ran well this season as well both of goshen and aspire tower i think could be different horses next year and improve again goshen you'd have to think that he's going to stay right-handed now though I think so. I think so. The the beal on the end all is you don't have to stay at Cheltenham as, as yeah. sad as it is. But, you know, let's be honest, surname hasn't touched Cheltenham and was, is the highest rated horse last year or whatever. I don't know if he still is, but he was in the UK. He hasn't been to Cheltenham ever in my in my knowledge and definitely not at the festival. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not it's not the be all and end all. And let's be honest, you know, <laughs> for if you're going to come and you're the Moors and you're trying to win races, and you see that all the all the your major competitors like Nicky Henderson and Paul Nichols in particular are not getting a look in at the Cheltenham Festival. Surely you try and, you know, steal steal races away from it, you know, that you're actually got a chance to win if, you know, if you're coming against the, the big Irish firepower. So, yeah, but no, I, I'm a big fan of give five year olds a, a break and give them a chance. <laughs> give them a break. Pentland Hills, for example. Yes, he's a very good example very good example is it just is it he's still not been seen this season i think nicky got your memo wrong he's given him a break as a six-year-old yeah (laughs) Uh, but yeah i I agree with the point regarding goshen why would you come to a champion hurdle when you can win the king world for the next two or three years uh it's also worth mentioning harry put goshen up as a place lay so well done on another winning tip three winning tips in this race 
three. Unbelievable. Uh, the mares as well. The, the tips never end here. The mares hurdle. We both put up black tiers, 33 to one each way, so we can give ourselves a pat on the back. Big even, old pat on the back. Even though I didn't take the 33 to one because it was with Bet365, who I'm banned with, and they weren't on running no bet at the time. Were <laughs> Did you take the 33s? Um, I didn't. I also am banned with Bet365. Okay, well, <laughs> we're, we're frauds, but at least uh, one listener, hopefully, took the money and ran. I got um, 25s, which was a bit, um, well, I mean, it's a 25 better. to 1 winner, but uh, to be honest with you, I had had more on Concertista and he post, which was oh, a bit um, a bit of a heartbreaking one. Yeah, well, it was a bit of an agonising one for me as someone who backed Black Tears without Concertista. Oh. That, that was my bet for the day. I, I think I took 11 to 2. I could have got 11 to 1, but we move. We keep it moving. It was a really fantastic performance, to be honest, from a mayor who quite clearly loves Cheltenham um Jack was he was at her from a long way out and she stayed on very well just got up on the line to beat Constantista by head I was a bit disappointed with Roxana in third I thought that she'd get a little bit closer but her best trip quite clearly is the three miles now um and damn to company she disappointed on her return to hurdles I'd have expected her to be a little bit closer to Black Tears based on the Coral Cup form from last year anyone else have anything to add on the mayor's hurdle I thought, I have to say, I don't think Harry Skelton had the best week um, tactically. No. And I think it was, I, I get why, and Roxana's not an easy mare. You can tell that by the way she carries her um, her tail. But I just feel like if you, I feel like you probably sh- really should have gone to the stayers, you know, all things considered anyway. Um, wouldn't have won, wouldn't have been Flooring Porter. Um, but if you are, you know... I feel like if Rachel Blackmore was on board, she would have gone five lengths clear and made it a proper stamina test in essence and given it a go. I feel like it would have been better to have seen it, you know, give it a go. Um, as for the others, I somehow got Black Tears beaten in uh, by Damned Company this time last year. So I'm a little bit kind of shaken from that when I saw that one appear on the TV. Um, I didn't have a bet, so I wasn't really particularly interested. But yeah, I did think Concertista was beatable. I just couldn't find out which horse it was and black tears you know i definitely couldn't back after getting a beat last year uh, that's understandable harry your thoughts no, just echo what what you have said <laughs> you, really. you don't want but, to talk about any race where you lost money hey i, I back uh black tears um <laughs> you wanted on the day also not. without concertista yeah <laughs> i mean night well concertista was a bad result but black tears i mean pulled me neck height out of the mud so uh, uh, she she was a little bit of a saver um i i completely agree with michael it was a weird ride on roxana um i think harry skelton really didn't have the best week um it's unfortunate as well because there's some nice horses going into it but i think um black tears could be one to side with um Jack gave her a brilliant ride. Um, he just basically st- stuck her on the backside of Concertista and just picked her off. I think he always had her covered when you look back. Even if Concertista kind of did miss the last, I don't think it would have mattered anyway. Even if she got a flyer, I think she'd have still been beat. Um, ultimately, the best horse won on the day. That's racing. Well said. Uh, the next race, if you pick the winner of this... Uh, we did didn't we 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 tipped him nah just well done that's all I have to say (laughs) Um, if you're speaking of tips actually my tip came second Jake's tip came fourth and yours was 15th 
Oh, 15th. Um, yeah, uh, Drew, Drew is alter, 15th. Oh, grand, yeah. I, <laughs> I love a handicap. Yeah, I know you do. Jake tipped Hoogree, I tipped St. Sam, who was backed into favouritism, and would have won if Noel Mead kept his 80-1 to shot away. But um, that was quite a remarkable performance from Jeff Kidder, I think. Came off the pace, came through the pack, absolutely sived through them. Um, and he won it easily, didn't he, in the end, Michael? Yeah, um, genuinely uh, watched the race. This is my least favourite race of the week, by the way. I did still have a backup back, uh, bet I had back to Riviere de Tell. Um, but um, I hate this race. Horse crossed the line. I went basically in an Irish accent. Whose horse is that? Like, <laughs> genuinely, like, I was like, I don't know who it is. They said the horse's name. I was like, I don't know who it is. I looked at the jockey. I was like, I don't know who it is. Like, this sums up this race so well in that you get to the Cheltenham Festival and you're like, a horse wins a race that you have literally never heard of. Um, so that for me summed up Cheltenham and well, not Cheltenham so much, but this, the, the boodles in general, I can't believe that the festival, um, you know, the handicap chase that was on this day has been changed for this terrible, terrible race. That's always won by horses that go on to do very little. Um, but you know, maybe Jeff Kidder will, will buck that trend. Um, uh, it is a champion hurdle winner in waiting. God, off, off his lowly mark of one two five, and he's a five-year-old next year, so maybe not. Oh, give him a give him a year's break; he'll win it as a six-year-old. Um, yeah, I I don't have much more to say. I I'll talk about Nasalam's Nass, a nice horse for the Moors, by the way. I I think if you if you take the line through Elam Valley, who was, um, you know, Nasalam was on top weight. Elam Valley was, you know, towards the bottom of the weights, and he well held him when they were often far more far more level weights. I think if they were. If he had a lower weight, he would have been a lot closer. So he'll be interesting. He'll probably go chase it next year. Um, but no, I'm not. You know, this this race is not particularly something I like. In fact, I, if it if it disappeared into the long grass, I'd be oh, supposed. I, I quite like this race. Um, how? How? Some, <laughs> someone tipped me back Jeff Kidder, and I I didn't take it. That made me quite upset. Uh, he was like, "Why is Jeff Kidder 66 to one?" I said, "Well." He was seventh of seven, nine lengths behind Zanahir in a slowly ridden race. That's why he was like, "Yeah, but Zanahir beat Saint Sam by 14 lengths." I said, "Yeah, that was a that was quickly run race. You can't you can't take that form literally." And uh, he was laughing at me when Jeff Kidder crossed the line in front, and I didn't have a penny on. I was like, "Ah, you know you know more than me. Well done, um, Harry. If you're not still upset about Drew Ridsall, do you want to add a line or two about the Boodles?" Um, yeah, I'm not too upset. I didn't have a good bet on him. Um, completely echo what Michael said, really. I don't really like the race. Um, I, but I, I watched it back a couple of times um, for the benefit of the pod. Um, I think the one to take out of it is most obviously St. Sam, but given he made up so, so much ground. But I think Who Gree ran with real credit. He, he was, was so, very nicely, wasn't he? He was so keen early as well, so keen for the first mile or so, and he he didn't really finish, but to still finish fourth and be in with a shout at the last, I think he could be um, a nice horse going forward. But yeah, uh, Jeff Kidder. I mean, yeah, let's move on. Yeah, just one last thing about Hugri. He travelled into it very nicely. He was looking all over the win. He was looking like the likeliest mm. winner coming to the last. Um, but he just fit his effort petered out. Didn't it? I think that I, I quite liked Hugri. Um, 
leading up to the race. I mean, I wasn't going to back him. I was more in Saint Sam, Saint Sam's camp. But the horse that actually beat Hoogree by 21 lengths, he ran a stinker at Autoy. He came fifth. Um, so I wasn't in any rush to back Hoogree after watching that because I was like, oh, he beat Hon Public and Hoogree by 17 and 21 lengths. He's he's a good horse, him. I'll sh- shove him in a double. And he, he let the double down. So I didn't back Hoogree. He ran a stinker. I believe that's the professional term. I believe that's what all the pro punters call it. Um, the last race of the Tuesday, the Sam Vesti National Hunt Challenge Cup. We were on the board again. We both put up Galvin, although I've got in brackets that Harry put it up reluctantly. And our guest on the pod that day, Sam Owens, he tipped a scary tent each way. So it was quite a success for the boys on the Hit the Post pod. Michael, did you have any success on this race? No, I th- I thought it wasn't a big one, but I thought Next Destination was probably the one for me, and I hoped it was going to be the one for Cobden and, and Nichols. Cobden again, not not a jockey that had a particularly good week. Not many of the British ones did. Um, but yeah, Galvin, it kind of all just worked out for him in the end. It, you know, you kind of look back and you go, oh yeah, I'm intrigued to see why he's now trained by um, Ferguson. You know, none of the other horses left um, the sinking ship of of Colantra. Um, from that owner so I was quite surprised that that one did so I'd, it'd be quite interesting to find out what the backstory is there but clearly um, the horse was well trained for the moment. Um, Iscaria 10 is one that I thought was very interesting because I just couldn't understand how that horse was still in the mix because he just didn't look like he was traveling that well quite far out he made a few mistakes and I just thought oh you know that one's definitely not winning and all of a sudden he was on the bridle on the outside of next destination I thought oh great here we go again so I think we've actually, if you look back in comparison to last year and I was like, how the hell does anything win this last year? And the favourite even disappointed. This is a very good race in comparison. I think this is above the average for a national hunt chase where there's normally one or two. I'd say the first five home are actually quite nice horses and I think you'll see them in, in good races, you know, going forward. Yeah, I would agree. I really like Snow Leopardess, so she's done quite well to finish fourth there, despite being I think you 17 tipped very behind, didn't you? I tipped her for the Kim Muir, Harry. Uh, yeah, well, we'll take that. Which, we'll take which that. she would have won, by the way. Perhaps, yeah. Um, no, it's, it, I think it was a really good format. Up three, three, five mile, three, five, yeah. That's what it is now, isn't it? It's not the four <laughs> miler anymore. Three um, six. The three sixer, yeah. The, the, the three, the three mile five fell on two hundred one yards. If you want to be pedantic. But it often throws up. Um, a half decent winner. I remember when Tiger Roll won this at a massive price as well. Who? I think it was Tiger Roll, wasn't it? I, I thought you said half decent. Yeah, I mean it's, <laughs> it's a it's a shame he's not going to the national to use the line that's very much on trend. Um, he's gonna, he's going to go to Aintree though, just to add salt into the wound, which is genuine. I, I think that's a good move. I live for it. I live for it. Honestly, so... I, I want to see him in the ball. I'd be interested, intrigued. If he goes and wins it, it'll literally just be like Tiger Roll, the worst campaign horse around. Like, <laughs> you know, a horse that's capable of winning multiple grade ones, but instead was campaigned, you know, basically just just in weird, weird races where he was far superior, as, as we already know. If he doesn't do well, then whatever. But I, I think considering the whole Gordon Elliott scandal, I think in the way the Jockey Club were kind of happy to keep him out of the mix and now he's still going to be there so i think it's i think it's it's a bit of a weird one but um yeah i hope he runs well i absolutely adore the horse um but 
Sorry, I think we've got slightly distracted on Tiger Roll chat. Yeah, but we, we, we could talk about that in about 10, 15 minutes when we yeah. come to the cross country. But yeah, no, Galvin, um, again, it was a fantastic ride by by Jack. He just rode him chilly, uh, nipped up the inside and just won, really. That's all he does, isn't it? Um, he was a reluctant tip for me because um, he just hadn't been seen for a while, but he he clearly he was all right um it, it didn't look as if he needed the run um he was well in himself he traveled well jumped well um i think he made a couple of mistakes but over this trip you can excuse one or two and it was just another good ride from the back um from from jack um i think he's also um probably in line for ride the festival but we'll, we'll get to that yeah good winner yeah, uh, I feel like we've spent a lot of time talking about the Tuesday. <laughs> we might need to get a bit of a wriggle on through these next few. Um, we'll go on to the Wednesday. Um, Bob Ollinger was a very adamant pick from the three of us on the panel. Um, nap of the week, wasn't it? to call it that. Uh, you napped him um, at a nice price of four to one. Um, he went off six to four and he absolutely romped home, didn't he? I love this horse it was a fantastic ride from rachel and the jockey cam footage from cobden on brave man's game as well oh. just, just cruised past him oh that was amazing um i actually I'm, I'm gonna blow my own trumpet here but i landed the combo tricast and i read them out in order as well by saying bob beats Gayad, who beats brave man's game um obviously he couldn't pack the tricast on the day because only seven went to post but i, I took a moral higher ground it was a moral success for me that one it was and, also, uh, oh, so, sorry to interject here, but I just can't. Um, didn't didn't somebody play Slay Brave Man's Game as well? Um, let me finish playing the tune <laughs> on my little trumpet before you interrupted. But yes, you play Slayed Brave Man's Game. And as you got lucky with only seven going to post, that landed. Um, Michael, what did you make of Bob Ollinger? Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. Like I think this is the most frustrating thing and, and why a lot of anyone who doesn't watch Irish racing racing and is just a British punter would have had a pretty terrible Cheltenham and a very tricky one to boot. Um, and as someone who's very much a Saturday watcher of racing and less so of a Sunday, I go riding on a Sunday. I don't actually watch a lot of these really good Irish horses when they come out. So I didn't know a huge about huge amount of Bob Ollinger. Apparently he was the, uh, uh last victim of Billy the kid. That's what he's named after. Um, yeah. if anyone's a big fan of, um, their uh you know american outback kind of um films um but i have to say brave man's game i love i think this horse is probably the new denman i i know that's a huge statement to make and i know it has already been you know it was always very much talked about but i just loved love love what he did at newbury i did think he was vulnerable here especially over this trip but you know very much so so excited i know the Nichols team you know they're so good at bringing these horses on and uh, you know you look at some of the best horses um you know then sprinter sacker for example he finished third in a supreme you know brave man's game has not been disgraced at all here and over chases i think he could certainly oh you know i'll say it. i think he'll reverse the form over chases uh, i think that He's got a great chance in next year's RSA. Um, Gaiad Dimenil might end up there. I, I don't think Bob Ollinger will go to the RSA. The, the Brown Advisory, sorry, the Brown Advisory. Um, <laughs> I forgot what the name had changed. Um, Harry, anything to add? Um, 
No, he, he was, as Cod put it, a God-given certainty, wasn't he? And he won as he liked. He Jumped so well. And raced so keenly as well. But um, I don't know, Michael, if this is something you can shed some light on. But I was looking through, uh, just on a whim, really, trying to find why Irish horses, particularly novice hurdlers, managed to consistently outperform the British novice hurdlers and I did actually find something which was it's, it's quite odd and I wouldn't have the the specialized knowledge to be able to say why but um, through Bob Ollinger's uh, hurdles this year the novices and the maidens he carried 12 stone 12 stone 11 stone 12 Come the festival, he was carrying his lowest weight of the season, 11 stone 7. Whereas Brave Man's Game carried 11 stone 7 at the festival. Um, Newbury he carried the same weight, 11 7. The time before it was 11 3. And then for Exeter and Chepstow, he carried 10 stone 12. So comparatively, uh, Brave Man's Game has gone up in weight all season long throughout his novice career. Whereas Bob Ollinger had just plummeted really um it can it it's weird and i'm not too sure about the programs etc but well, it's the same with every novice all of the irish novices seem to carry so much more weight um comparatively to the british novices over the winter period come cheltenham they're at least five six pounds lower and the british horses have gone up to level weight so awesome. I, I, yeah that's that's really interesting um fascinating actually and it's it's nice when people do a slightly different um delve into into research like that so fair play to you because that's like that's good i like it when people try and find a different reason that's not the same as what everyone point to point saying stock yeah. sales etc exactly exactly um two things that i would say mm. um and the first one is i actually think the ground is another thing yeah <laughs> um, so the irish horses race on what largely god god awful ground all year then they de- get a touch of spring grass and they're like, oh, my goodness, this is so much easier. Um, <laughs> so I think I think, you know, that combined with not actually physically carrying any more, you know, more weight on your back, I think is is definitely a positive. Um, there's I'm very much not a ratings man. I'm very much a what what is on the horse's back? You know, if you know all those comparative ratings and everything, and I know it matters very little in a in a grade one like this. Um, so I completely I'm very much on board with how is the horse actually feeling? Does the horse really notice that that horse is carrying a slightly more? Not really. The horse notices what's actually weighing itself down. You know, a horse will battle with another horse if it sees if it sees fit. It doesn't care that that one's a little bit lighter than it was before. I know, you know, if you're a handicapper, then those factors do come into account and I'm not dissing them at all. But I think that, yes, what actually is physically on a horse's back does matter um more so than perhaps in a rating you know you can see that one horse will carry top weight in one handicap and then bottom weight if it goes up the handicap i think they you know some of them perform better in one or the other you know frodon for example is was markedly better at carrying a lot of weight in handicaps um he struggled initially when he was on level weights in in um you know in graded company so yeah i think that's a really interesting in angle actually and one i'll um definitely keep keep in mind but i think the ground is another factor so yeah super good ground as michael (laughs) i think that you should get that um get that theory submitted to the bha and demand what 
all British novices carry 15 stone in their novice <laughs> hurdles, just so they're ready, nice and prepared for the uh, Cheltenham Festival. Uh, I kind of we'll feel move... like the answer's probably out there, though, and somebody knows, and I'm just being really daft. But if somebody does know, please let me know, because... Like I, I personally have had a look into it, and I can't see any reason why they carry more weight. But yeah. No, neither can I. Uh, target for Bob Ollinger next year? Marsh. Michael. Yeah, I think it would be. I, I'm not someone who's like I don't know if you guys are. I'm not somebody who's had any anti-post bets. I did, barely had any this year. Um, you know, for the year ahead. But um, I, you know, because I know they changed their. <laughs> it's a bit heartbreaking if you have a slip for one race and you end up running in the next. Um, so I wouldn't be getting involved, but I would be surprised if it wasn't the Marsh. He seems to have, you know, a, I can't see him dropping down and then up, but I definitely don't think he's a stayer. I think he'd be vulnerable to horses like Brave Man's Game over a chase fence yeah. over three miles. So I, I think that's the obvious one, and I haven't seen any evidence to, to, change, to change my mind yet. No, I'm, I'm in the Marsh camp. Um, we'll move on to the brown advisory next the brown advisory not the rsa uh monkfish not his best performance by any means but he got the job done he beat fiddler on the roof by six and a half lengths uh, we all unanimously tipped him although he went off one to four so it wasn't very hard um harry monkfish is jumping a little bit sloppy what did you make of it um yeah on the whole he wasn't great was he but there was a couple where it, it, he was absolutely winging them and standing off just before the the wings of the fence. There was a couple he was jumping real big and then a couple he got him really close to. Um, I think everybody had a heart attack at the last. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if Eclat Daria stood up, um, I think he could have given him a real race. Um, I think also he confused me a bit because I had him down as the one to tow them along so again a weird rachel ride um yeah he's 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 good horse monkfish isn't he he's unbeaten this year and obviously the back end of last year but i couldn't have him for the gold cup next year i really couldn't um especially taking on henry's two i think that they will be the ones to beat next year again especially him in the linda like i think i saw a stat somewhere as well that the stowaways i don't think of one a race beyond three miles at the Cheltenham Festival. Um, so that could be something to keep in the back of your mind if you are having a bet any post for next year's Gold Cup. And he'll definitely need to brush up on his jumping. I think he was probably at his best um, at the Dublin Racing Festival when he was really handy. And over a trip, he knew he'd stay. So he was just throwing him into everything. Um, perhaps one for the Ryanair with maybe... I mean, we'll get to it, but Alaho going back for the Queen Mother. But yeah, there's not really much to make on this race, but what's there in front of you? Michael, any anything further to add? Yeah, no, the Irish didn't turn up at all. They knew that this horse was very good and none of the the British just... The British weren't good enough, in fairness. I don't think we would say that those are our best horses, the horses that came second, third, fourth and fifth. Well, sorry, uh, fell. Sport, but <laughs> um, but um, yeah... I thought Monkfish won disappointingly, if that can be a thing. Yeah, I, I was I was a little bit disappointed with his jumping. I expected to see him jumping like a stag, winning by 10, but he got the job done. That's all we can ask of the boy. Um, I, I like him for next year's Gold Cup. I think he's a little bit more special than any other progeny of stowaway that we've seen over a fence. 
I think it was a shame that Eclat de Ria did unseat Rachel at the 12th, though. I think that he could have got a little bit closer. I mean, the loose horse actually won, so well done to him. Um, I hope he had a nice trip to the winner's enclosure. Next race. Uh, hang spend. on, hang on, hang on. Sorry, go on, go on, before go on. we move on, I've just remembered. Um, uh, there's a... My dad doesn't have a smartphone. He's very much old school. But I was watching the festival with him. So if there happens to be any representatives for Betway out there, which is the account we've got for him, um, he begged me pre-race to put on the straight forecast, Monkfish to beat Fiddle on the Roof, which paid 10 uh, 10 to 1 in the end. He's not a serious punter, but he asked for a tenner on this. He couldn't see anything coming second but Fiddler on the Roof, and Betway didn't have any forecast markets, so uh, sort your shit out, Betway. <laughs> I'm glad you just remembered that as we move yeah. on to a bookmaker-sponsored race in the form of the Coral Cup. I can't imagine we'll be spending too long talking about this. Who wants to start? <laughs> I, sorry, I do not understand your hatred of handicaps. They are the best races. I, I... love I personally love handicaps, just not this one. Uh, well, I thought I was going to like this one because I was really, really keen on Guard Your Dreams. I watched, I backed him in the Betfair and I thought, do you know what? That horse has stayed on so well. Let's get him over a bit further and I think we might be in the money. And everyone else seemed to agree on the day. I think he was backed into something like five to one. Um, yeah, he drifted to seven to one before the off, but I remember seeing I, him 11 to two. I was going to say, I think he was, I did think he was shorter at that, shorter than that at one point, I think. I think he opened and started the week about 12s, which is what I took um, once they decided to go for the Coral Cup, which I was super excited about. I basically, I think I tweeted, I said, I think Nigel must read my tweets. Um, unfortunately, um, it didn't really go his way again, you know, and this is, this was kind of, this was kind of frustrating about, about the Cheltenham Festival this year is that basically with a few exceptions, you went to the front, you won. And if you didn't back, if your horse got too far back in what on whole, there was some quite slowly run races, which I have a bit of a theory about as to why that was. Um, And I I think it was linked with the lack of horse fatalities, which is something to think about going forward as well, is um, you didn't have much chance, really. And Guard Your Dreams needs to stay off off a strong pace. And he still came seventh, you know, still still stayed on really, really well. And I thought Sam put him in a nice place. He didn't get too far back. Um, but heaven help us literally led from from start to finish and I, I have to say of all the stories I, I kind of got on board with this one when you google Paul Hennessy uh, when you go on Racing Post and type in Paul Hennessy he has three horses and this horse is the only horse that has won all year you know to win at the Cheltenham Festival it's, that's, that's a pretty cool story um, but yeah I think guard your dreams I'd be I'd like to see even over three miles actually I think would be interesting um but yeah no I, I do normally like this race doesn't mean i'm gonna i'm gonna back the winner in it but um yeah we'll we'll see how they go going forward but guard your dreams i think give him another chance in a big handicap um especially going you know in the winter maybe on like a track like ascot with a stiff finish um in in a bit stickier ground i think he'll run quite well but yeah it was, it was nice to see um the, the paul hennessy story yeah it was nice to see richard condon get his first cheltenham winner as well um, absolutely slaughtered the field, heaven help us. Um, a horse that I completely wrote off when she was well back to win at Leopardstown. I, I said to a mate, oh, she caught my eye, went through a chasing farm. She no longer catches my eye. She went and bolted up there. And then I wrote her off for this again. She's bolted up by nine lengths. Um, the tips for this race, they, they didn't go very well. So we apologise, but the pod let you down. We had Power of Paws, who didn't run. He Great White won. Shark. 
<laughs> I, don't, I don't think he would have. Maybe. We'll have to see him next time out. But we also took Great White Shark, who didn't run. Craig Wait. Niche each way at 16s, who came second at 17 to 2. So a little bit of value there. And Jake tipped Koshari, who was 16th, but was probably going to place, if not hampered by the faller. Um, the favourite was quite disappointing, Grandois. Uh, I blame Gavin Lynch. Harry, do you have anything to say on the Coral Cup? Um, not loads. I think we've touched on most of it. Um, I think uh, Blue Sari was going to run a mighty race, but yes, he was fairly unlucky. I, to be honest, I don't think he would have troubled the winner, but he would look book for second. I think he would have come second. Yeah, yeah. I, he was taking the Blueberry route. I think that's mm-hmm. what caught most people's eye. Come back off a long layoff return with a very below average run in the Ladbrokes hurdle and rock up step up, stepping up in trip at the Coral Cup I think that he, good training performance by Willie just a shame that he fell at the last but um, with with the way the race panned out um with heaven help us making all I think it might have been a different story um the selection I put up any post power of pause is a confirmed front runner and he would have probably got himself to the front or within a length or two of heaven help us um i was really sweet on him beforehand and i feel a bit aggrieved given how the race was ran in the end um i think he would have bit given me a massive run for the money at 25s but yeah good race t clipper ran really well uh he was also hampered i must give a shout out to my friend tom who tipped me t clipper at 52 on and instead of backing the horse i just laughed at him and said i can't back that um yeah Janica ran a good race as well he did um, there are a few hard luck stories in here but I mean uh buzzing for the winner and the connections like it's um to quote Ed Chamberlain a great story <laughs> yes yes indeed Ed Chamberlain famous for searching his own name on Twitter and then complaining when people spell it wrong I very much doubt he's listening to this because you can't audio search a name sorry Ed <laughs> um next race the Queen Mother Champion Chase um Shout out to Racing Willow, who put put the kettle on as his tip, as me and Harry both thought that Chacon was unbeatable. Although, to my credit, I did say pick a name out of a hat, out of Nube Negra, put the kettle on, first flow, and Politilog. Um, Politilog was a non-runner, so I basically won 33% of you some money. Well done, me. Um, Chacon was disappointing, was he not, Michael? Yeah, again, this is another horse I have, you know, from Ireland not really ever jumped on the bandwagon of. So it was kind of nice to, once Honeysuckle proved me wrong on the Tuesday, Shakan proved me right on the Wednesday. So I didn't have him in air single accumulator. So when everyone else was, you know, crying into their bet slip, um, I was, well, I, I hadn't really had a bet, to be honest, in this race. It's one of, the, it's one of those races, that, a lot of the championship races I don't actually have bets in um a because i think on the whole the market's got it right because um we know so much about these horses but um b because i just don't really seem feel the need um uh, put the kettle on i think is a very admirable horse um i i think it would be hard to see her winning this again um i think you know she's very brave very bold um but i think it all kind of fell apart slightly it was a bit of an odd race you know it was quite run quite weirdly um and i think she only just kind of i think it was very much grit and determination got her there you know a for effort perhaps the attainment wasn't like um top draw and i think some of the horses coming through you know such as shishkin will well i would be very surprised if shishkin hadn't won this by four lengths minimum um so yeah i of the others 
I don't really have too much to add. I think we know a lot about these horses and none of them are really out of the top draw, you know, really, really top grade. You know, if you go back to the champion, we do have some bad champion chase winners saying that, you know, horses like <gasps> dodging bullets. Sorry for any fans of dodging bullets, but that horse, you know, probably not uh, a champion chaser of, you know, in of the same ilk of masterminded or, or uh, Altior or Sprinter Sacra. Um, but I think put the kettle on. I think she deserves to be up there. And she's done a lot for mares chasing as um, I fell into the trap of earlier. Um, so I'd be intrigued to see if Honeysuckle can add to that. If Honeysuckle ran in this next year, oh, Honeysuckle Shishkin uh, in a champion chase. Now, I will be very, very excited to see that. Shishkin wouldn't uh, be able to see her because she'd be 20 lengths behind. Well, with the with the seven length. Seven seven pound um, weight allowance. I think that would be very very interesting. Okay, thirteen lengths behind. <laughs> <laughs> Harry, you uh, you tip Nube Negra each way, I believe. You impressed mm. with his run? Yeah, I was. I think there are quite a few really unlucky in here. Um, I tip Nube Negra each way, but I thought Shechem would win on the day. I actually backed um, two without the favourite. Uh, put the kettle on being one and a double, which was all right. Um, but I also had a, a good bet on Soroy out without the favourite, and I think he was so, so unlucky. If he were ever to win a champion chase, this would have been the one. He was badly hampered when very much on terms and travelling really sweetly. He was jumping so well as well. Um, I was absolutely gutted for him, to be honest. I love Soroy out. Um, I think he might have finally got his day in the sun round Cheltenham. Um but yeah, I think it was, uh, on the face of it, an average race. Uh, Shacken did underperform, but put the Ketlons, what, four from four at Cheltenham now? Like, um, credit to her. Credit to Aiden Coleman, who gave her a good ride as well. He didn't get competitive too early, gave her a chance to battle. Um, I think that was probably the best um, best ride on the on the horse that was clearly the most battle-hardened. Um, but yeah, just more gutted about Surreal, really. Um, Shacken did kill a few of my anti-post bets, but like it was the same story when Special Tiara won as well, to touch on bang average champion chase winners, uh, like Michael said as well. But yeah. So Surreal was very unlucky. Um, I think that Grenatine coming fourth at 50 to 1, I think that's quite laughable. That sort of tells you what level of champion chase we're dealing with. Stole the ride off Bryony as well, didn't he, Harry? Yeah, what, yeah I, that, very unfortunate that Politolog was withdrawn just 20 minutes before the off. This had Politolog written all over it. I, I think he'd have got the right chance, wouldn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah, bang average champion chase. He won one last year, never mind. Bondoran <laughs> <laughs> uh, in third. Yeah, to be fair, actually, last year was way worse than this year. Um, but um, I, I was surprised that the speed in which Cobden managed to actually get on. I'm assuming Bryony was clearly in the silks. He walked in and ripped them off her. Um, <laughs> because there wasn't much time in between and all of a sudden there he was. So um, yeah, I, I felt a bit sorry for Bryony in that, in that case, you know, to have a champion chase, you know, grade one champion chase ride ripped off you in. Yeah, oof, I can, I couldn't imagine that. That would be, uh, that'd be a tricky one. I know these sportsmen, sportsmen, they get on with it and, that kind of thing, but you psyched yourself up for the ride and you probably prepped and everything and all of a sudden you're, you're off it. So um, I was surprised by that, mainly because I just genuinely didn't think you could actually swap that late in the day. Um, but 
maybe it was less maybe it was announced a lot later than um perhaps it actually happened but i thought that politolog was was being settled in the in the pre-parade ring so it can't have been that can't have been that far from off time yeah it was very very quick before the off um i'd also like to give a shout out to first flow he was six six and a half lengths behind the leader there behind the winner but i think that he ran very well on ground that he really wouldn't have liked um i'm sure that we'll see him to good effect next year on softer on a softer surface perhaps uh, right handed as well he did seem to lug to his to his right when yes jumping. i would agree with you on that one um moving on to the cross country i just want to apologize to tiger roll i said that this would be his last run and he would be retired after this because he'd be disappointing. He was anything but. He was a very emphatic winner. He duly reversed the form with Easy's Land. Um, I think Easy's Land beat him by 19 lengths last year, was it? 17 lengths last year, my bad. Um, Tiger Roll beat him by 18 this year. Absolutely slaughtered them. Um, a gallant run from Sumnek in third and Alpha Dezelbo in fourth. The rest of the field beaten another 72 lengths. Um, it, it was... A, just an absolutely remarkable spectacle this i was i had a great big smile on my face from eight out when tiger all took it up to lead i was like oh here we go let's see what he can do and he batted them and it was amazing and i can't wait to see him in the betway ball if that's where they decide to go next um harry do you want to talk about the cross country um not really um just a really <laughs> Michael? really really good performance um with an ab- admirable horse um He's he's an absolute legend, isn't he? The writing was on the wall, like you say, out. He was clearly loving things again around there. Um, he's 11 now. Um, do you th- do you think there's a possibility he could run in this again next year? If all goes well, then yeah, I don't see why not. Imagine six festival wins. Yeah, well they'd have to get that'd, in there. First. It'd be a better <laughs> achievement than Quavega because he'd have done it by uh, he'd have done it in different races. Yeah, to start off in a triumph as well, wasn't it? Um, and then go win the four-miler, win the cross-country untold amount of times. He's an absolute legend, and I didn't back him. I didn't have a penny on, but I mean, How did I? everybody well, was roaring him on. The, the happiness that you get from seeing a horse like that crossing the line, as he likes, 18 lengths ahead of a horse who thumped him last year, that's priceless. It is. I, I mean, I had an each way bet on some neck. That was my play of the race. Um, so I got a profit and a big smile on my face. I was a, I was a winner on both accounts. Michael, please tell me that you were happy to see Tiger Roll win. Don't tell oh. me you're a Scrooge. Uh, I think I'll just let my soundboard do it for you. Oh, go on. So I've done no aftertiming throughout this podcast, but I did a Tiger Roll Sky Pirate double. So this was a lovely time that turned my woes around, having not had a winner at any point through the festival until this point. And I kind of I didn't actually even back Tiger Roll as a single um, because I talked myself out of it closer to the off. But I just earlier on in the day when I was more confident, I was just like, hang on a second. I just don't get it. Like. I just think there's no reason why he won't run well. And Easy's Land, for me, that chink in that armour that had been shown um, in November suggested Tiger really, you know, could easily be £10 below his best and win this. It turned out he was probably at his best, never mind, you know, below anything. Um, And he absolutely, you know, the writing was on the wall. I tried, I was, 
very tempted to put my entire betting account on him. Um, I think it was probably a, as soon as he went to the front, <laughs> he shortened <laughs> to about uh, 100 to 30 in running. And I just went, should I? And I wavered over it for a while. And because I, I love backing horses in, in running. It's one of something I really enjoy. Um, one of the most frustrating things is when I was working at Cheltenham is like um, I used to do the numbers at the bottom of the screen during the racing. So it's like commentary, but with numbers. And I'd see a horse traveling really well at the front and I'd be like, oh, I wish I could just take uh, 30 seconds off off staring and put you know 20 quid on on bet 365 or whoever um and then it would go and win and i'd be like yep i saw that happening about five <laughs> minutes ago um but it was amazing to see him and the right like i just knew that was going to happen um I, I had an each way on some neck he ran well but never in the same the same league and i'm sorry but this it, it annoyed me slightly from the off but do you know what do you know who's really been hard done by by the grand national weights it's not Flipping Tiger Roll, Gordon Elliott, slash Denise Foster, um, and um, Michael O'Leary. It's Easy's Land. That horse has beaten Tiger Roll once. Why the hell did he deserve to be a pound, you know, a pound worse off, carrying a pound more than the dual Grand National winner? I just, I could not understand that for the life of me. Tiger Roll then, who is, is, is beating him by, what did you say? 15 lengths or so um it, <laughs> he's now beating a horse that is rated a pound better than him and is going to have to carry a pound more than him in a race by 15 lengths it's astounding the kind of games that michael o'leary played but uh, who i really feel sorry for was the david cotton crew who made no fuss about easy's land getting top weight when he deserved to not even be anywhere near top weight and any Grand National horse that comes back should be top weight, or at least, you know, Tiger Rolls managed to avoid it every single year. I just don't, I just don't understand how that's happened. So the fact that we've been treating him leniently is an understatement, actually, never mind the whatever they spew in the media. So sorry to have a rant, but that really, really frustrates me. And ironically, if you've noticed, um, the Irish handicapper in the Irish Grand National Tiger Roll will carry the exact same weight, one pound <laughs> off t- top weight. At eleven stone nine, I know the ratings will probably be lower than the uh, than the English Grand National, but you know at the end of the day you'll still be carrying the same amount of weight. You know as I spoke about earlier, but I was really frustrated by this because it would have been you know if you take out the Gordon Elliott story from the last month out, this would have been an amazing story going into the Grand National, and they've I I just the arrogance and kind of you know lack of respect for racing I think you know teams from this and it was just a real shame to deny tiger all that whether he comes back as a 12 year old i think he'll definitely come back and run in this race race as a 12 year old um depends what the owners decide to do around the national next year yeah, yeah. I, I would feel oh i can hear myself echoing um i'd feel quite aggrieved um I, if i was connections of easy's land and i think that that might be why that they've sent him on his holidays already i think that they're just going to skip the national because like you say it's quite outrageous that he would be carrying one pound more than Tiger Roll based off just one run where Tiger Roll quite possibly wasn't even 100%. Uh, I'm just looking at the Irish Grand National, as you've mentioned it, and Tiger Roll is top weight, but he's not carrying 11.12 or 11.10. He is genuinely just carrying 11 stone 9. Um, it's almost as if the Irish handicapper has done that on purpose. I'm not, I'm not sure if that's a role for all Irish Grand Nationals. But I can't quite get my head around that. There's going to be quite a few horses running out the handicap if he turns up there. Um, 
Harry, you tipped up Cruz Linen for this, didn't you? And he, he didn't run? Disappointed? Yeah, not really. Um, yeah, just a good result. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. Lovely oh, Chris Lennon did actually win on the Sunday after I tipped him in Ireland. Oh yeah, I know. I noticed that. So uh, if any listeners actually cared to get on, well done to them. <laughs> <laughs> the Grand Annual. We'll let Michael start us off here because Sky Pirate won and landed his double. Go on, the boy. Yeah, I got another little soundbite for this. Um, <laughs> I was trying to think of. The I feel best. like I know what's coming here. I really hope you've. I really hope you've got this right. Um, go, do, you, do you want to have a guess what I've got lined up? Yeah, I feel like it's Peter Casey. Oh, oh no, 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 no. I've gone a little, little bit more literal. Um, okay. Sorry, you wanted me to go proper dirty, but I've kind of done that <laughs> on on, uh, on turf talk. So you'll have to, you'll have to go back and watch that if you want to hear um, if I'm having sex tonight or not. Um, but uh, no, Sky Pirate won, so um, it was you just had to get this out. Sorry if no one actually watches uh, um, Pirates of the Caribbean, but as soon as I thought of Sky Pirate, that's the first thing that came to my head. If you've heard the remix version of I've Got a Jar of Dirt, it's definitely worth going to check it out. Uh, So, yeah. Um, But no, Sky Pirate, I was, you know, I suppose I should play my patriotic Rule Britannia as well here because it was. Yeah, you missed it for Vintage Clouds as well. I did, I did. I thought it was a little bit close together, and um, as I had a little sound clip for sky pirate i'll um i'll bring it back when we have another english winner in about five years time um but yeah sky pirate i was really i was i really liked and he i couldn't believe the drift i actually i'm terrible back ter- <laughs> terribly i i backed him at 15 to 2 at the start of the week so uh what a judge i am um at seven and a half to one instead of double that when he went off um but i'm really happy for nick schofield as well because he's missed this horse throughout the year Everyone said that he'd ruined his mark, um, but, you know, clearly he didn't. This is a very talented horse, um, especially over the distance. I love the I love a two mile chase, never mind where it is. And um, it was it was really good to see him get his head in front. And I was literally screaming for Intukas to go away. I was like, not JP, not anything trained in Ireland again, please, please, please. And it would have been um, it would have been hard considering uh, four out of the top five were, were British trained, actually. So um, maybe the two mile chasing division is where our niche lies um, at the current in the current state of affairs. But um, yeah, I was I was really impressed with Sky Pirate throughout the season. And it's it's kind of nice because everyone was saying that there could be a link between us not running our horses and them not and them um, uh, not being able to stand up to Cheltenham. Well, this horse definitely did run and everyone criticised John Joe for, for running him perhaps too much and revealing you know, his actual ability. Well, it clearly didn't do him um, any harm at all, did it? So actually running and running to a horse's merit um, in this case has, has worked out wonders. So I, I'll expect to see him in 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 some nice races. I don't know if he'll take the step up into graded company, um, but he'll definitely be a very top class handicapper, grade three handicapper from there. Um, of the rest of them, there was none that really took my mind. I, I very much went all in with Sky Pirate here. It's just the one the one bet for me in this race. Yeah, I couldn't believe Sky Pirate's price on the morning. I thought that that was crazy. Breaking up and seeing him 14 to 1, 16 to 1, I was like, go on then. Um, I was also keen on Intukas and backed him at 16's anti-post. So either result would have been good for me jumping the last. I, I didn't really have any preference as to who won, but it was nice to see Sky Pirate win it. Um, I'm taking 
a moral victory because even though I put up Intukas as the selection on the pod, I did say that Sky Pirate was still capable off that mark. So I'm claiming a success. Harry will probably tell me that, oh, you tipped six in each race. Well, I, I didn't. I, I just gave honourable mentions. Um, and that one that one won. So I'm blowing a trumpet. Um, and Baird fell. Um, I, I think it would have been nice to see him in the race, see what he was capable of um, under Rachel Blackmore. Unfortunately, she hit the deck five or six times in the week and still bounced back to win six races. Um, but yeah, Sky Pirate. One last thing that I would like to say about him. Why has he been put up £8 for that? Um, he's now rated 160 and he was beaten by All Mankind by 14 lengths um, and All Mankind is rated 160. So BHA, Mr. Handicapper Man, Martin Greenwood, please make it make sense. Why Why are they both rated 160? I'm, I'm very confused. Um, Harry, the Grand Annual, what do you have to say? Um, t- to be honest with you, I've been taken off uh, my train of thought. Um, Michael's clip, um, the what was it, jar of dirt? Well, I I've I've never seen Pirates of the Caribbean, but I I just immediately thought of Empire of Dirt. The, I thought oh, that Jiggins as well. Town, <laughs> yeah, he won the plate and then the Troy Town, didn't he? And, and kind of went off the boil. But I I where where's the link? I don't know. Um. But yeah, um, I think I also put up in two cast, didn't I? You did. Yeah, so we both lived up to our pod's namesake there. Um, Iblio actually ran an absolute cracker. He um, ran a great race. Given uh, if this was ran on the other course, I think he might have won. Um, absolute cracker. Um, not really much to add. Not my favourite race. But I can kick us off on the next. It's a handicap. It's a handicap. So obviously you don't like it. Uh, You can get us started with the with the bumper because I know that you love the bumper. Um, Also a shout out to Dan, who tipped up on the slopes at twenty to one on the podcast when he was reviewing with us, finishing fourth. Yeah, good. Um, Now the bumper. I think Sir Gerhard and Kilcrut are both very very above average animals. However, I think. Uh, contrary to what I said earlier, the best horse didn't actually win on the day. I think comparatively the rides given to both of them were starkly different. Uh, Rachel gave Sir Gerhard an absolute peach um, from the front and Paul, he was still six lengths behind in second turning for home. I think he was absolutely mugged and when you look at the finishing length, he, he was beaten half a length at the finish like. I think um, I mean, if amateurs were allowed to ride, Patrick would have been on Kilcrut and Paul would have definitely ridden Sir Gerhard and I doubt he'd have gone out to make all. So I think the result might have changed. Um, I also think that uh, Patrick might have gotten Billaway home as well. So there, there could have been two different results that could have been changed if he had been riding. But um, like I say, both of them are super super animals i think they'll both be a force in the novice hurdling division next year which looks to be um shaping up nicely as well as the novice chasers but yeah i think kilcrop was probably quite unlucky not to win he'd just run into a on fire rachel blackmore um good winner i I did back them both in the end um but I, i i i don't know it just it leaves me with a bit of a what if feeling if it had been 
two lengths, even three lengths closer, he'd have gone past. Um, best horse beaten, um, but both very nice horses. Uh, I think that you're wrong. Sir Gerhard's a weapon. I really like Sir Gerhard. I, I don't usually like the bumper in general, and I think that Ian Bartlett shares that view because his commentary was quite lackluster at the end, wasn't it? Just saying, I'd say Gerhard holds on. <laughs> like, they're very straightforward, very straight to the point. Because um, he'd back kill crap. He must have backed Kilcourt. That's the only that's the only explanation. Um, Jake on the pod tipped L.A. Bell at 20 to 1 each way. She ran on for a nice third. Um, free Stripe Life. For us. Yeah, for the shrewdies who like the sectionals, Free Stripe Life came fourth. Um, some firms were paying four places. I don't really have much to say on the bumper, but like you say, the top two, they'll be playing a big hand in the Supreme slash Ballymore next year. Uh, Michael, anything to add? So uh, Ian Bartlett actually got me my first job in horse racing. So I'm quite, I actually know Ian quite well. Um, And I can tell you, he was very much warming up his car. Um, So he is the quickest man off the race course. Um, So pretty much whatever the last race on the day is, he'll say the first four home. And within five minutes, you'll see him pulling out of. (laughs) Um, So uh, yeah, don't, don't, don't read too much into that. Um, I thought L.A. Bell was the really eye-catching horse here. And, I, you know, I talked Harry down earlier in, in the podcast, but I actually thought he gave, the, gave this horse a really nice ride to, to, to come third. And I think there's a, a nice future to, have be, to, to be have had with her. Um, as to the top two, um, I didn't ever have a big affinity with either of them yet, but I thought Sir Gerhard got, yes, the better ride, but I think he probably is going to be better over over the distance as well. I think Kilcrut will be, um, will need further. I think if you, you know, he has a quite a similar kind of build, um, in a way to, to a horse that I think needs further in, um, in appreciate it. And that's not just me looking at the connections and saying the same, but um, <laughs> the way he runs stays on the bridle and everything. I think he'll get further. He doesn't, he doesn't look like he has a huge amount of pace in comparison. So, um, yeah, that would be my, my take of it. I'd see Kilcrut going to something like the Ballymore and Sir Gerhard going to the Supreme. That's how I probably see it. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's all I have to say on the race. It's not particularly one. I, I didn't, I didn't have a single penny on this race at all. It's not something I'm interested in. I'd much rather have five in the handicap. Oh no. Oh, so, so would I, so would I, um, Harry's each way selection finished 10th, by the way, uh, moving on. (laughs) The, the Marsh Novices Chase. Um, we probably won't talk about this too long, will we? It was nope. very disappointing to see Envoy Len fall. But at least I tipped up Chantry House each way on, on the pod. So another pat on the back for me, albeit a very sad one. Um, I just don't know what went wrong with Envoy Len. He never looked himself from a star, did he, Harry? No. Even, like, parading, he was fine. Um, he it all just went wrong for him cantering down i don't know but something lit him up um something did uh light him up but i seen tony keenan make an interesting point actually um he mentioned the way of uh that gordon and henry train their horses is much different like you see the majority of um the colin trial horses trained to very much relax um and i can't think of many free goers from their yard whereas henry's horses are are trained for speed i think it was a really important interesting point that he raised of the differences some trainers have and i know he was only there a couple of weeks but 
perhaps well we've never seen anything like it from on violin before so it is perhaps a good point um i don't really want to talk about it to be quite honest so i'm just gonna pass the buck yeah michael off you go i, th- I thought um interesting that i haven't i hadn't seen that from um was it tony keenan sorry um yeah yeah, I hadn't I hadn't seen that written down. So that's that's an interesting point. But I thought more obviously he he was trapped. He was trapped in amongst horses, and I, I don't think he's ever had that. Um, he's always been ridden wide. Yeah, you're right as well. Good point. Yeah, I thought that was the obvious thing for me. As soon as they jumped off, I was like, why is he taking a sit? This horse is clearly the fastest, probably most likely the best horse in the race. Why would he not go forward on him? I thought that was an odd decision, and never mind not just not just being you know in in front with a clean sight of it of fences. He was also, as you say, kind of surrounded. Actually, you know, it's a fairly small field, so it's hard to say that. But you know, it's probably a bigger field than he's faced the last few times. Is it fair to say? I'm just going to go back into his form, but the last time I've watched Envoy Allen, I don't think he's been. Yeah, the last three races, so all of his races over chases. He had been up against uh, four or three or four uh, other rivals. Says a lot, doesn't it? Um, as of this race, I know it's not a big, you know, no, it's not a huge field with seven rivals. But when you're also being taken back a bit, I just I thought that was strange. I thought that was a really odd way. And I actually saw the writing on the wall. You know, those first couple of jumps were, were sticky um, and disappointing. And when he did fall. Um, I wouldn't say I thought he was going to fall like that, but I I, I saw it was going to be a, cu- a cumulative thing that he kept making mistakes. Um, I didn't think he would fall, but I did think the mistakes thing would 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 go on throughout the race. Um, but I did kind of think he'd probably be a monkfish and still win the race. Um, ironically, Asterian Falange jumped really well, didn't he? <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, I couldn't even believe he was declared, let alone conferred. A cruel irony. Um, I don't have much to say about the the top two. Oh, actually, no, I I do have something to say about the top two, um, and that is. <laughs> there you go. I knew the soundboard was coming out as soon as you said. I have something to say. I was like, no, you don't. Oh, I you didn't have a actually. To press. No, I didn't. It scared the shite out of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well done to Nicky Henderson. Um, a bit of a freebie for him. I think that everyone knows Envoy Len would have won if he stayed up. Um, we won't talk about the Marsh Novices chase too much. We'll go on to the Potemps Network final handicap hurdle. Um, Kevin Blake has a lot to answer for here. He stole our tip. Well, my tip. Um, Mrs. Milner at 33 to 1. He ruined the price, so I couldn't back her again. And Your she went tip. and. My tip, yes. Okay. Not not a little friend of ours who has been banging on about this since December. Um, I, I backed her in January, two months before the race. I'm I'm claiming the tip. The the listeners heard it from me, not him. Um, but we were very sweet on this horse. Um, 33 to 1, um, tipped up on this pod. And then by Kevin Blake a couple of hours later, leading her to go off at an SP of 12 to 1. But uh, she won. She beat everyone's shrewd pick, the boss's Oscar, who turned out to be not so shrewd, going off 100 to 30. Um, she won it very well. Um, nice to see Brian Cooper back in the winner's enclosure. I know that you don't like handicaps, Harry, so I'll go to Michael. I'll see what he has to say. Oh, you've come to me slightly early. I thought I might have um, a little bit of a soundboard. but um, We can go to Harry can, if you wish. Yeah, yeah, no, I've got um, 
Uh, to be honest with you, I quite like the race this year because, um, like you say, um, I followed uh, you and our mate in on, on Mrs. Milner on the day. I did a, uh, similarly to Michael, a double with Sky Pirate. I had Mrs. Milner and Sky Pirate, which landed um, a, a decent amount. Um, but the boss's Oscar, I think I put up on the pod and he ran a good race without ever looking the winner, to be quite honest. Um some hard luck stories in here perhaps but i think yeah mrs milner looked chucked in didn't she under 10 stone nine yeah i'm just reading back through the race um imperial alcazar was tipped up by me as the win proposition rather than mrs milner who was the each way proposition um imperial alcazar actually got struck into on its left four uh i didn't know that but it would explain the, par, the below par performance, um, 24 and a half lengths behind the leader, even got beaten home by Copperhead. Um, so it was quite obvious that something was amiss there. Um, hey, Copperhead was the shrewdies bet last year for the RSA. Yeah, I backed him for the RSA. I've never backed him <laughs> again since. I've, I've fallen out with Copperhead. I'll say it quietly because I don't want James Watson beating me up, but um, I'm not really calling Tizard's biggest fan either. Um, Hopefully the pod actually picked up me whispering there. Uh, I don't want to go and boost sound. I don't know how to do that in editing. Um, Michael, stop me waffling. Have you got your soundboard sorted? I'm not sure, but <laughs> the thing I wish I could just read out read out um, boring James Milner tweets, but um, instead I've managed to find find this little bit of soundbite. I'm not sure it's good enough, but if you're a football fan, you'll definitely know it. Thank you, Ravina. What's it today? Might have to be somewhat fizzy and go a bit exotic. I don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> so there you go. There's a bit of uh, of uh, James Milner for you. Um, if anyone, Jimmy watched, Milner. Yeah, um, as a City fan, it's hard to watch him in a. Oh, I'm, I'm um, a Liverpool fan. He backed, he backed her, didn't he? He did. So yeah. This is what I my wife wanted to, all the winnings. <laughs> uh, this is what I wanted to bring up. If you haven't seen it, it is gold. From firstly James Milner saying, "Yes, I did back it." Um, no, I don't own it. And yes, the wife wants all the winnings. But the I Brian Cooper reply was better. It is the Brian Cooper reply <laughs> that deserves all the plaudits. Does your wife have a sister? <laughs> <laughs> and then I think Aidan Coleman jumped in underneath saying, God loves a trier. Uh, so absolutely fair play for top note, top banter. I think that actually beat the uh, PG tips banter, which was... Um, uh, quote retweeting put the kettle on saying we told you it would win um i think that you know i think from twitter i think brian cooper won twitter that week he did indeed so, so fair play i again this horse very much not on my radar at all mrs milner um i was should listen to the pod man i know sorry well i didn't actually know who some of you were until a couple of weeks ago so <laughs> i actually blame me um but no, the boss's Oscar, I thought that was probably very likely to win. I didn't back it, but with the blue sari line, given how that ran, I thought that was going to um, probably be up there. Um, what horse did I back in this? Oh, Brinkley, who also has the blue sari form from Ireland. I was disappointed in Brinkley, and I think that horse will have more to come in the future, probably when the Irish aren't around. Um, but Brinkley would be a horse I wouldn't give up on yet. Um, yeah, it was an interesting race. I, I do like, as you know, I love these handicap races. Um, but um, yeah, I was, I, I, I can't say any more than, than Mrs. Milner surprised me because I didn't know much about her, but given the boss's Oscar was there, you know, even five lengths behind, um, 
then you know that's exactly um where I expected it to be. So it gives a good stamp to the form. Um, I know it wasn't really quite true of this race because a lot of them came from the back, but um, just going back to what I said earlier about horses, um, a lot of them were slowly run. I think that's probably one of the factors in only one horse fatality, although I didn't know about one for the team um, subsequently, actually. So, so oh, no, I think that, that was that freak accident at home. Oh, I don't okay. think that, that was race related. It's yeah, still, the, still unfortunate. The only one was King's Temptation, who was pulled up on the flat. Um, uh, uh, in the cross country I think the fact that a lot of them went a lot slower this year than they ever have done before um, I think was a huge factor and I think that was a lot without being rude a lot of the adrenaline had gone out of the occasion of Cheltenham you know none of the fans none of the you know the same the same kind of feeling of of, of specialness for a lot of the jockeys and people there so I, I think that could be a factor and I'd be I desperately hope it wasn't because I hope that this could be something we we go on from in, in, in following years, but it wouldn't surprise me if we saw a slight peak um, next year. And I think field sizes would be another reason. So field sizes and that kind of buzz disappearing, um, I think definitely had a factor. And I think that's why we saw a lot of horses winning from the front because they slowed it up, um, didn't kill themselves out in front and, um, you know, could just quicken and no one could really get there. That was really morbid um your whole your whole piece there you were talking about horses not killing themselves out in front and you said i think you said when the irish aren't here about brinkley is there gonna be like a a mass culling of irish horses (laughs) or something oh goodness i didn't quite mean it to link quite quite together i know there is something serious about what i say around around um the speed and and the kind of those factors but i didn't quite mean it when the irish weren't around no (laughs) yeah i was like jesus (laughs) Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, just, I always have a I always have a, you know someone who works in marketing I always have a massive eye on on stuff like that and and we've we've suffered majorly with the whole Gordon Elliott saga of the last couple of months so you know I, I think it's the BHA having worked there briefly um are very very concerned about the way horse racing is viewed and I think we have to talk openly about that we have to be aware of of how our sport looks and 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 react to that so yeah it's something I'm sorry I talk with quite a lot of brutal honesty sometimes and perhaps i didn't link those two too too well together that was really well put um it's it's an issue we do need to talk about more and if our sport will carry on i think the public perception does need to change so yeah you're really right to drill it home yeah we'll uh we'll move on to the ryanair now then um can i can i keep us off here i'm sorry but i have to eat a massive slice of humble pie so so do I. I was going to mention my tweet two or three minutes before the off, saying oh. Alaho backed into Fab. Christ knows why. Um, so I ended up with egg on my face six or seven minutes later. That was quite quite um, quite the embarrassment for me. I think I'm still not over it. But go on, you can munch it, your humble pie. It was an exceptional performance. It truly was. I watched the replay back several times and even on the replay when i know the result when he's approaching two out and he gets to the other side i'm 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 watching like he has to slow down he has to slow down but he doesn't when he jumps the last he changes his legs again and bows on again and i think the first mile of the race you knew that he was going to win he led min melon and other real fast two mile speed horses in this race and none of them could lay a glove on I think more of the field um, 
yeah i think six horses ended up pulling up and there were only five finishers including alaho and they were strung out like washing i think this was an unbelievable performance i really do um and i said i was not his biggest fan um before the before the race on the pod um i'm probably still not his biggest fan but i'd be silly not to give him the credit he deserves that was monstrous it was amazing great ride from rachel from the front yet again in the Chevrolet Park colours, I was very disappointed with Min. I love Min, but I think that after that, his best days might be behind him. He's pulled up on his last two starts. I uh, can't tell if he's going to end up at Aintree or Punchestown. He might run at both, um, but I think that that was his last chance to win a big grade one. I can't see him winning anything next year as an 11-year-old, and providing Aloha turns up in that same form in this race next year, I think he'll be very, very tough to beat. Um, I know that there's rumours about him going to the champion chase, but it's still the 24th of March 2021. We've still yeah. got plenty of time yet. Um, Michael, what did you make of Alaho's demolition job? I will join the table of humble pie. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think there's any left. No, <laughs> yeah. true, true. I might have to. I might have to make my own. Um, it's. The thing is, I didn't really. I never warmed to the horse. I thought he was a bit slow, but. The question is, how do you beat a horse like him now? Like over this distance, it's clear he clearly stays further. He clearly does. We know that. You know, he was only half a length length behind the the now Gold Cup winner in the RSA, another horse I managed to get beat in 2020. Um, but I, I just don't know how you beat him because if you if you worry him out in front and annoy him, he'll just go faster than you and he'll still stay better. So. <laughs> I, that's a really interesting question. I just thought everything he did about it was quite Denman-esque. It was just a complete demolition job. Um, and yeah, all all respect to him. He destroyed the, the race behind. I thought Kalashnikov ran well. I always thought he'd want um, a strongly run two and a half mile race. Um, but he still faded in the last, um, the, the, the running, I think Tornado Flyer passed him. Um, yeah, it was it really was a demolition job, so much so that on a good good to soft, good ground, two mile four race, only five finished of of uh more than ten. It's it, mad. Like that says a lot about the 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 speed and the the kind of effort he put in. Um, amazing. I I don't know how you beat him. I think he would have to be not as at his best next year to to find a horse to beat him, or a horse that has to just travel and stay and that's hard to find i i also think that he uh, wildly enough this statement but i think he's still not getting the credit he probably deserves i remember when um under so won the ryanair and he tanked to the front under ruby and he won um in a similar style but by no means as impressive as this horse alaho destroyed them all um min finished on one leg it was it was outrageous and obviously so Real most definitely had a so Real under so most definitely had a a bigger following and i think he got uh a hell of a lot more praise than alaho when in all fairness alaho won a, a a lot a lot more impressively I've just looked at Alaho's Racing Post profile. He's been put up to 174 after that. He's higher rated, than, higher rated than Chak and Poswar now. Um, rather conveniently, his hurdle mark is 147, so I expect to see him chucked into a handicap at Punchestown. Um, I think he'll be fairly well in. Or oh, go away. <laughs> 
Alejo wins the goal, a hurdle off 147. Stranger things have happened, um, but no, it was absolutely fantastic. Brilliant performance. Um, we'll move on to the stayers. Um, now, the same mate who gave us Mrs. Milner, um, he gave us Florian Porter, and I was not on this bandwagon until the end of the first circuit where I decided to back him in running. I just couldn't see how he could possibly win. And then when he uh, got reserve tank pushing along, before the end of the first circuit, I was like, go on then, I'll back you, I'll back you in running. Um, it was like one of the first times I've backed a horse in running and it paid off. It was quite astonishing to see the new, the new kid on the block slaughter a field as good as this, was it not, Michael? No, I, I backed Paisley in this. I thought he ran really well, but um, yeah, Florian Porter was away and gone the best. I'd be interested to see if he can back it up next year because um once you start to expose a horse at this level it's hard for them to kind of keep it up you know that's why we have to respect so much of what Ingalls Driever and Big Bucks did um Paisley though I was really really happy with um I I just thought that they didn't quite go fast enough and it wasn't quite um the you know the ground wasn't heavy enough for him to really kick in you know you did see you know that side angle on ITV you did see him staying on but that petered out because at the end of the day, the horse in front wasn't stopping quickly enough. So um, if the ground came up soft or heavy next year, I'd, you know, I'd be interested to see if uh, how the form would turn out. But um, yeah, Florian Porter, I do feel for poor Jonathan Moore um, after uh, the week that Gavin Cromwell had. Um, if, I don't really know what to say for, for the poor guy. He was, it, was, it was great that he didn't try and ride the horses um, and he's, he's, he's got some nice horses to go to war with next year, but it must have felt more than bittersweet that you that word gets overused but that must have been quite a hard thing to deal with yeah fair play to Jonathan Moore putting the horse first over him um nice to see Danny Mullins get his first Cheltenham winner I think it was um and like you said about Paisley Park he hit his flat spot a little bit further out than usual and still stayed on like a trooper finished third five lengths behind the leader harry your beloved storyteller finished fifth he ran a nice race didn't didn't he i um have long been chairman of the storyteller fan club and i was over the moon with his run i mean he's 10 um the race probably didn't run to suit they didn't go a mad gallop which i thought they might have done uh pre-race he stayed on into fifth um i think um Florian Porter was a worthy winner yet but um there's one more big one in the storyteller I think he's still entered in the national um I'd be I'd be over the moon if he could go out on a high he's he's 10 years old now he's danced every dance fences hurdles the lot um I absolutely love the horse I I love him to bits one more run one more big run and the storyteller would have told everything that needs to be said um fifth uh is sort of underwhelming because i really couldn't see him out the places but he ran an admirable race as he always does um it was weird the gamble on fury road no um he very, finished very weird i think he was pulled up wasn't he tailed yeah. off um that was odd um Beacon Edge actually beat him the time before and finished almost double the price and 
was fourth when most bookies were paying four um to my dismay but yeah no um happy with the result uh well i'm not really but the storyteller ran a good race and he's back home safe and sound um he's still well in himself and uh yeah you better move on before i end up crying <laughs> <laughs> the last thing i'd like to say about the stairs is uh listen garoska took a crashing fall and i very much hope that he's home and safe i believe he is uh, i'm not sure where he goes next but hopefully he can uh, return to cheltenham and run a nice race there next year uh, yeah. The plate was after, and the shunter claimed his hundred grand bonus as as predicted by that shrewd guy racing with Mike. Um, I, I don't believe any of us actually put him up as a selection because we didn't know where he would go. Yeah. Um, but we we did all the pods, didn't we, before the more battle was even run? And I was like, this horse, he does the double. He's very well handicapped. So another another moral victory for myself. Um, young Jordan Gainford getting his first festival success. He, quite a nice ride, really, wasn't it? He jumped quite slowly, but he made up a load of ground and just accelerated clear of far class in the closing stages. Cracking uh, ride. I don't think yeah. he picked up the whip in the final furlong and a half either. Hands uh, in heels, he knew he had it. I think that the market, Emmett Mullins and the owners knew he had it as well, going off nine to four favourite in a handicapper's competitive as that. It was crazy. Before, uh, before you go on to Michael, I'm just going to save save him for sounding like a break, broken record because he's raised a very interesting point this year about the pace of the race and at the races have a real good pace summary um the prominent races the shunter farclas top notch cool cody i think stayed one two three four in running and all the closers uh their best finishing position was huntsman Sutton in sixth so he uh michael's raised a really interesting important point and like with the with the crowds, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. But yeah, prominent races just to just to say it for you, so uh, the listeners don't think you're a broken record. <laughs> well, I definitely I should bring you along to events just as like a backup, just to, <laughs> when I when I need someone to confirm an opinion. But no, <laughs> thanks for that. Like that's that's a that's I wasn't even going to bring it up in this race, but you are absolutely spot on it certainly fit the mold in this race there's a few races that it didn't by the way so don't get me wrong yeah there are there are a few exceptions to the rule um but this definitely fit that one um again without sounding like a broken record in a slightly different way it's not great for racing when the shunter who was banned for for being public as a non-trier wins a bonus and a race at the Cheltenham festival like like all things serious you know it brings into question horse racing and it's just not great it's such a shame that you know unlike heaven help us i didn't celebrate this one to the same extent because you know you've got that hanging over you and okay that's more of a you know it's more of a racing issue and that's not going to make the headlines but it does leave a slight sour taste in your mouth like i just i was just a bit disappointed when you when you actually see where that horse came from you know only six months ago and I think they made a few jokes on Twitter saying the poor jockey, was it Brian Hayes, I think, that was on that day? Um, he very much took one for the team. Um, and, you know, and I don't know, I, I thought that was that just kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. But um, but yeah, I it was very impressive and it, it looked very much 
in no doubt. I backed a wave of the sea because I thought we held the shunter on that form in Ireland last time, but kind of completely turned that around, you know, in, in no uncertain terms. I think wave of the sea probably underperforms, but the, sh- the shunter very much was on form. And yeah, it was it was nice to see the for, for Kelso as well. I thought that was good to have that bonus one. I know um, the, uh, be- uh, not the bet for hurdle, the Imperial Cup bonus didn't quite make it um later on in the week but it was nice to have um take a little bit of money off bet365 who um in fairness i think have got plenty yeah although they're claiming that they had a losing week at cheltenham boohoo no one cares does that mean does that mean that she'll only get give herself a bonus of 30 million this christmas and uh i was just gonna cope poor denise um i I don't like bookies you can probably tell i love to see them getting bashed um yeah, uh, Harry touched on Huntsman's son being the best finishing closer. Uh, I actually backed him at 40-1 to 1 because I saw that he was declared and I was like, he loves good ground, doesn't he? So I think I had about a pound each way on him. £1.25 each way at 40-1 to 1 with Sky paying six places. So buzzing with that. Go on, Huntsman's son. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the last thing I'd like to say on the plate is happy retirement to Happy Diva who has always ran a very gallant race at Cheltenham and also won me quite a few quid throughout the years as well. Um, I don't know if she's off to the breeding sheds or if she's just going to have a happy retirement in a field somewhere, but she's won 300 grand in prize money. She's uh, been absolutely fantastic for Kerry Lee, a real stable star for her. Um, we'll move on to the mayor's novice. I don't have much to say about this. The the tips for the plate went absolutely tragic, by the way. Harry decided not to have a bet, and mine and Dan's were both non-runners. Um, so I was the real winner there. You as were the real winner. As long as they're non-runner, no bet, though. They that's... were non-runner, no bet, yeah. yeah. The, the tips in the mayor's novice didn't go to plan either. Um, nope. Harry's was six. Uh, Harry's was seventh. Mine was sixth. And Will's was twelfth. So we won't talk about the tips for this race. Uh, but tell me something, girl, won this in a very commanding fashion. Um, I expect to see her in all the big mares races next year, don't you, Michael? Tell me something, girl. <laughs> You've been waiting on that one all night, haven't you? Oh, I just so oh, I was so happy with this because I came in with absolutely no idea long term, and the night before I sat there and I did every piece of form. I really smashed out this race. And I landed on one horse and that horse was tell me something girl. And so it's a massive after time, but I was just really happy with and she was she was my big winner on on the Thursday. Um, Again, did you not just think this horse was the winner a mile out? And the the most impressive thing was she came from the back of the field. Um, You know, in comparison, I think this race, if it wasn't for her, who would have won it? the horse that led you know yeah. so i think you can really mark this performance up and this is a horse i'll be following long term um as well i i was really impressed you know he- rachel gave her a great great ride but i actually think that this horse would have won no matter where she was and um yeah i really really like this horse and you know the the owner basically has i think only two um geldings in training so he knows what he's doing with mares and it's really exciting to see him investing quite heavily in the mares program as well but you know what what a a squad to go to war with honeysuckle tell me something girl and some of the others manila melody i know disappointed at cheltenham but it's still a, a solid graded you know lower graded performer as well so yeah tell me something girl very excited going forward um yeah i, I don't really have much else to say i was just really, really <laughs> that i was actually proved right on this 
Yeah, it was a masterful ride yet again from Rachel Blackmore. She really stole the show during the week. Um, I guess she was backed off the boards as well, and people were saying, no, it's only because Rachel Blackmore's on it. But the form was there for everyone to see that she was only beaten three and a half lengths by Heaven Help Us when giving her nine pounds. So that that race at Leopardstown, that two-mile, two furlongs, Mayor's Handicap Hurdle, actually churned out three Cheltenham winners. Um, Heaven Help Us followed up in the Coral Cup after winning it. Tell Me Something Girl was third and won the Mayor's Novice. And Mrs Milner fell at the fifth and won the Potemps. So that's maybe a race to be following next year. Um, Harry, the Mayor's Novice, you were very keen on Rosie's Hollow. I imagine you were a bit disappointed, but what did you make of the winner? I, I was a bit disappointed. Um, with Rosie's Hollow, it, it, it looked as if... Um, it, it looked as if she would improve for this again um they're all novices at the end of the day um rosie's hollow at no stage looked the winner but she was traveling nice um but yeah no ultimately a, a wildly impressive winner um rachel rode uh tell me something girl brilliantly again and just looking back on her form going back to the point to point uh, it's, a, it's another one from uh, Colin Bow, uh, point to point, he seems to get all of the decent ones, and even in that race, she beat Alpha Mix as well, who's um, quite a useful yardstick. But yeah, no, impressive winner. Um, I'd be keeping on the right side of her as well. And to be honest with you, she is the one horse um, I've had a half decent bet on for next year in the in the mare's hurdle. I can see her turning up there. Yeah. Um. The last race on the Thursday is the Kim Muir. Um, once again, the tips didn't go to plan on this. Harry's fell when absolutely swinging. Mine was a non-runner again. And Kilfilm Cross for Dan Overall finished 10th. Um, Mount Ida, Jack Kennedy, what a ride. Ride of the week, undoubtedly. I, I genuinely thought um, she was going to be pulled up. Um, so did I. She she wasn't in shot for about 15 seconds. Um, she was almost a fence behind. It was unbelievable. I tweeted out afterwards um, what price she went in running, and there was a I think a hundred pound matched at a thousand to one. It was unbelievable. She had no chance. I I I was watching with my dad, and he was like, "Oh, where's the one you've backed?" I did back Mount Ida and Plan of Attack on the day, and I was like, "Oh." Well, one of them's cruising up top, and then the other one's not on the screen. It's like, oh, I'll probably be pulled up then. I was like, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, um, I was disappointed with Plan of Attack. He was jumping nicely. Um, he would have had a great shout, no? Um, did, unfortunately, come down. But um, nice horse. Again, <laughs> Rachel ended up on deck. But yeah, he'd have uh, given me a decent run for the money as well. But ride of the week undoubtedly for me uh mount ida what a what a ride that was and some finish as well absolutely quality uh, i was a bit disappointed with deja Abba who pulled up after pulled up after three out um there was quite a few that were pulled up in this race actually quite one brought down one fallen one unseat a uh, bit of a messy race michael what do you make of it yeah, I had a I was I sim, similar line really to plan of attack. I had a double from Tell Me Something Girl going into plan of attack, so that was a bit disappointing when that fell. But I I don't really think it would have beat Mount Ida. It probably would have. I would have thought they would have been in the top three for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't think um that plan of attack would have beat Mount Ida. Um, I'm slightly annoyed with myself actually because 
when Matt Ida was out the back of the telly and the commentator was, you know, saying he wasn't doing very well, I was on Bet365 in play and I saw 50 to 1 come up for Matt Ida. Oh, how I should have just put a fiver on um, <laughs> during that race. That would have been uh, would have been quite a bit of run for your money, wouldn't it? Fiver on a horse that went off threes and you got it at 50s in running. But um, no, it was quite a surprising turn of events um <clears throat> and actually you know two of you know in this race i think they must have gone well storm control led so it probably was quite a fast paced race and it gave matt Ida and cloudy glenn that that kind of room to come from the back of the field in this case um i don't have a huge amount to say about this race we know quite a lot about these horses and i think probably the most the least exposed and, and best one probably won yeah i would agree with you uh, we'll move on to the friday the triumph I'm sorry for your um you we've um we've missed the circle by the time we finished oh uh, <laughs> i got bullied by both of you for saying that so i don't want to say it to any listeners but yes i am missing the circle because we are waffling about cheltenham i'll have to watch it on catch up i know where i'd rather be <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's all right we've only got seven races left lads then i can indulge in the circle um quite disappointed with the triumph um Zanahir, we were all firmly in the Zanahir camp, weren't we? Um, mm. On the pod, me, you and Will. Um, I will take one small victory in the fact that I went on jocked off, slagged off Tritonic, and he came 16 lengths behind the winner. I think that I put my neck on the line and it paid off. I think I've got a bonus point for it as well. So I slagged off a horse, and rightly, and was praised by Mr Judge Lewis Tomlinson for doing so. Um, Adagio ran a great race for the British contingent coming second, three, three and a quarter lengths behind the winner, but yet again, another amazing ride by Rachel. Yeah, I was um, I uh, I was really disappointed in Zana here as well. I thought that horse would, would be one of the real bankers of the week and, you know, at a fairly decent price as well, 11 to 8, it went off in the end um, but Rachel just picked up the pieces with Calixios, it wasn't that flashy, but um I, th- I thought it was pretty good um again i was with you and we both smashed tritonic i said that a lot of horses are very flattered by kempton and he certainly was wasn't he he was well beaten in the end and i, I think don't get me wrong don't discount him going forward but um you know the horse in the moors yard that he beat twice twice Casalupi even got beaten at Stratford, I know, um, I think Josh, uh, Jamie lost his irons, actually, so I'm not quite sure what went on there. But, you know, that kind of put the form in a pretty poor place at the start of the week. And Tritonic did nothing to improve that on the Friday either. But, um, yeah, I, I like to think there's more to come from Zana here. And we haven't seen the best best of him there, especially over further. But, um, yeah, again, one thing to remember, these will be five-year-olds basically next year. So don't expect anything much uh from any of these and I, I wouldn't be you know let's be honest quick quick loss is not going to go to the top of the champion hurdle betting on that no i think he might be more of an article prospect for next year um as for Santa here i think he might stay over hurdles i was really expecting more from him uh, i saw that alaho won in the first time tongue tied so i was like here we go Santa here by 16 lengths wrong <laughs> um he, he just never looked happy he never really settled um He's, he's sort of coming back towards them at the line, but all is said and done. So it was quite a disappointing effort. Harry, anything to add on the Triumph? Uh, not really, no. It um, was a really disappointing effort from Zanahir. The alarm bells were ringing when they put the first time tongue tie on him. It's not something that the yard usually do. Um, I don't know if it was Sneezy's call or I, I'm not too sure. Um, 
but yeah, I think he could improve again. Horton Calors, um of Willie's horse uh, for the Donnellys, I think could be a nice horse in the future. Um, but yeah, no, the ride won the day. It was a good ride. Um, Adagio did um, did run really well, actually. I think he could be a nice horse going forward for the Pipes as well. They deserve a nice one. So yeah, um, that's all I've got to add. Yeah, we'll move swiftly on to the County Hurdle then, which was won by Belfast Banter. Um, well done if you picked that one out at 33 to 1. Petty Mouchoir, the gallant grey running an, abs- an absolute screamer in second off uh, off top weight. Jordan Gainford claiming seven. Milkwood ran a nice race in third. Um, I was I would have been disappointed if he won because I backed him three or four times this season and I didn't back him for this at 28 to 1. If he went and won, I'd have been cursing, kicking myself. Um, what did we make of the county hurdle, Michael? Uh, I've never heard of Belfast Banter, to be honest, again. <laughs> um, so when that won, I was like, whose horse is that? Um, once more, um, I don't really have much to add to this. I had a Claire de Beaufou in my play spot, which I will get onto where that fell foul later in the day. Um, but yeah, um, I don't really know what to say. It's always nice to see a horse that's carrying quite a high weight, Petit Mouchoir, but he was only carrying 11 stone five. I, you know, it actually, actually was. So it wasn't on the highest of weights. Um, so it's nice to see that, you know, you've seen some nice horses in these races carry high weights. I think Arctic Fire carried um, a pretty, pretty heavy weight. And did Dyer Carly run in this race? I'm never quite sure which handicap yeah. it is. I think Wicklow Brave carried top weight as well, didn't he? Yeah, or... so it's, it's not completely surprising to see really good horses run well um you know with weight bar with weight carrying in these races um and he was just outdone by literally the horse on the on the bottom weight um milkwood's an interesting one i actually said um on uh my old podcast i don't know if you guys even know this my pod or yours great podcast uh <laughs> no longer in circulation i'm afraid even with a name like that um can we stay there you can't, but I do have. Can we, can we call it our pod or yours? Yeah, well, maybe you'll. But I'll, I might have to charge a fee every week. No, we'll be fine. We've already paid for the graphics for this one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I do have a nice little intro as done by Richard Halls, though. You might want to get that redone of my tent or yours finally winning a. Yeah, a, we don't actually have one. Yeah, you need an intro. My tent. We'll go back and listen to an old episode of my pod or yours, and you've got my tent or yours beating Annie Power. Uh, oh, the, don't we're not cry. having that on the pod. <laughs> Harry will oh, cry. I'm, I'm going to get it up for the next. You're almost certainly not. I will. I will leave this podcast with immediate effect. The, uh, the, the great mayor was unrivaled. But I actually said to Neil Mulholland um, when we interviewed him on that that I thought Milkwood was a nice horse, and this is going back um, about two years, and he's clearly actually done that. I didn't expect him to be perhaps this nice but um yeah i think that's really nice for for a local team um to actually have a nice a nice horse in these kind of races so he'll be an interesting one going forward as well yeah just a shout out for tips uh harry's was an on-runner for devil's oh, yeah, i'm absolutely raging <laughs> he'd have won this race he'd yeah, have won so in a blue. hack canter so a blue lord if he came here and stayed on his feet no um, yeah if if you backed with Sky as well, uh, my twenty to one tip, Edward Stone would have returned some money, and so would Jake's coming six, third time lucky. Um, so decent tips from the what I call panel. Um, can you call us a panel? I don't know if you can. No. A couple, 
couple disappointments in the race. Um, Champagne Gold absolutely backed off the boards, came home 17th. Wasn't to be for Rachel in this race, was it? Um, nah, Belfast Banter, I can't really see him going on to bigger and better things. He'll probably just target this race next year again, won't he? Yeah, you'd, you'd expect so. He's um, he's a horse that has confused me because he never finds anything, but he he cleared away at the end. It was it was really strange. Um, but uh, yeah, going back to it. Um, also uh, to quote KJ, had a bit of brainworms there. It was Wicklow Brave in the Coral Cup, not the County. But um, anyways, um, the Devil's Coachman would have absolutely bolted up in this he would have bolted up and moving on to the albert Butler. <laughs> yeah go on swiftly as that i don't mind he'll, uh, he'll win a grade one next time all right you're very bullish about that horse um streets of diane was everybody's big fancy for this after florian porter won because he beat florian porter by five lengths he came third um oscar elite ran a massive race in second at 40 to one and the winner 11 lengths clear was Vanillier tipped up by Mr. Wilkajani at 33 to 1 on the Novice Hurdle preview pod. So well done to that man, even though he admitted afterwards that he didn't stick him in his right up for the day due to concerns about the ground. <laughs> and he backed in Golo. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well done, Will. Um, Michael, how do you feel about the Spud race? Very happy because I did actually back Vanillier. Um, I just thought that. I just weighed them all up and I, I just felt that this one had the most kind of left because I thought that last run at, at Leopardstown was, you know, obviously too bad to be true. So I gave him another chance and he duly obliged. Um, you know, I'll, 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 I'll press home the point again, but this horse led and never saw a rival. <laughs> you know, it's it says a lot about the way the races were run. Um, it was really nice for Colin Tizard to actually have a horse that, you know, actually ran well for the first time this season as well with, with Oscar Elite coming second, um, that was said with slight tongue in cheek, by the way, but no one laughed. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's an interesting race. This race, it doesn't always seem to provide horses with much going forward because they're known as quite slow. But um, yeah, I think Vanillier could be a nice horse. So let's let's hope Vanillier, Oscar Elite. There's both of them have have something left to give because when Kilbrick and Storm won this for Colin Tizard a couple of years ago, oh god. He, a horse that I had backed and won me had I think I had my best day on the, at the races when you know my time was won the international and I won three other races in a big uh, treble. Besides, I then didn't back Kilbricken at 33s in this race, but he didn't go on to do much thereafter, which was somewhat of a shame. So let's hope that the the Albert Bartlett does for the first time in 20 years actually um, provide some some nice horses for the future. But I, I don't know. The first time in 20 years, Monkfish. Did you watch last year's? Yeah, Monkfish. Come on. There's, there's, uh, you've let a, me down there. You've done so well up to this point. <laughs> an exaggeration. Unbelievable. For every Monkfish, I bet there's five years of, of crap. Let me read them out. You know what I mean? <laughs> Harry won it, didn't he? He was good. I can't tell you what, what won it between him and Monkfish. Oh. Manila Indo, actually. He won an Albert Bartlett. What are you talking about? What? Manila Indo? Didn't he win the... Uh, oh, yeah, Cheltenham Gold Cup. Just a small matter of a Cheltenham Gold Cup, Michael. I've never heard of it. Never heard of it? I've never heard of him. Okay, right. Okay, Martello Tower, Very Wood, Bertie's Dream. Who the hell is that? What year are these from? 
Okay, they are a bit further back. That's 2010, uh, very weird 2014, Martello Tala 2015. To be fair, I will hold my, hold my hand up. The last five years, exception of Kilbrick and Storm, have been <laughs> have been have been a lot better. So maybe I've I've got slight amnesia about the last five years. But if you went back further, you know, I'm, I can't say much about Brindisi Breeze because that horse never got chance to show its its best. But you know, there were some trickier times the further back you go. Um, but yeah, no. In in fairness, you're right that you know the last the last three years have been the last two years. Monkfish and Manila Indo especially have been very good. So hold my hand up on that. But this this race isn't known for its depth. So um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I won't. I just, won't. Just just remind me who came third in Manila Indo's Albert Pala as well, please. No, no I clearly can't remember what happened. Was it Alaho? Uh, it was Alaho who only went and won the Ryanair by about 16 lengths. Just remind me, did you guys fancy Alaho to win the race? <laughs> <laughs> no, one, no one. comment. Moving on to the Gold Cup. Um, we can all take a moment to laugh at other people here because um, our guest, Racing Willow, tipped up Santini. <laughs> um, me and Harry were both on album photo. At least he placed. At least he finished the race. Mm. Um, but he quite clearly didn't like the visor, did he, Santini? Um, Willow won't be listening to this. I think he unfollowed um, when we said that Dan Overall was better than him. Um, he firmly put the record straight by beating him in his head-to-head. So, well done, Willow. Um, congratulations. Also, if you're listening, thanks for the follow back. Uh, Manella Indo, though, what an absolutely almighty performance this was. Yeah, he he won really well. And um, interestingly enough, I know Henry was interviewed a few times, uh, Re Aplutard and Manella Indo, but he was quick to... Um, all, all the sort of coverage beforehand was Aplutard uh, for Rachel Blackmore, but he didn't let anyone forget about Manella Indo. I think this is a remarkable training performance, and he clearly loves Cheltenham. And I think... It's justice from last year's RSA. Champ absolutely robbed Manella Indo and Alaho. And, it, well, you can look and see where the two beaten horses are now. Um, and Champ, uh, remind me, was it... How how quickly was his race over? The first fence? Uh, um, the fourth, I think. The fourth he, fence. He pulled up before the seventh. Yeah, well, I mean, he lost it on his first jump. He skewed in the air. It was um, outrageous. But yeah, I'm glad to have vindication from last year's RSA with the two best horses in the race uh, getting absolutely mugged on the line by Barry Garrity. Um, Manila Indo won well. Um, Aplutard stayed on but was never getting to him. Manila Indo pulled out more every time he did. Um, Album Photo ran a good race. I don't know. He 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 was kept in, but I I don't think it changed anything. Um, and just for uh, any listeners, um, I urge you to go and look at the jockey uh, cam from uh, Frodon. Uh, Bryony Frost rode him from the front, and um, it's a really good watch. It's it's um, a good way to spend eight minutes of your time. Um, yeah. You, you just see the pure bond between horse and jockey, throwing him at uh, fences, counting him down. It was brilliant to watch. Um, uh, watch it without sound, though, otherwise you'll just hear the wind. And yeah, they, they do. I, I they, can only make out Bryony's voice twice saying, go on, Frode. And they goodbye. do have subtitles on, and somehow with some editing uh, wizardry, they managed to turn down the wind and turn up Bryony's voice, which is completely beyond me, but... Um, I'm not mad. Um, I urge you to check it out. 
impressive. Um, yeah, our, our tip album photo, he ran a nice race. Um, I think that Rachel sort of trapped him in on the rail, but I don't think he would have won anyway. Like you said, the winner was always pulling out more from a Plutard. Native River ran another gallant race. He was 29 and a half lengths behind the winner, but he stayed. He just always tries, doesn't he? Richard Johnson, he was at him from about six furlongs in, wasn't he? He was just pushing away at him, scrubbing him along. Uh, I think he wanted to lead, but he couldn't. Frodon got there and he, he was jumped like a stag, didn't he? Frodon, it was amazing. Um, Royal Pagai, I think he ran with credit as well. He was probably a bit out of his depth. Um, and as for Kenboy, don't bring him to Cheltenham again, will he? Just save him for entry in Punchestown. Finishing ninth, a horse that good. It it just obviously, obviously isn't his track, is it? Um, like you said, disappointing about Champ. I think that he would have had a very good chance with his engine if he was coming to two out with uh, with a fighting chance. But no, it was very disappointing. Um, Michael, is there anything that you would like to add on the Gold Cup? Not not massively, no. Um, agree with most of what was said, actually. Um, actually. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> he always, shocked. Always the tone of surprise, clearly. Uh, it wasn't meant to be. Um, my only my only point was around Santini and, and Kevin Blake. You know, we go from one day Kevin Blake, Blake having one of the best tricksies you can ever think of to dipping up Santini as his... Uh, did he do it as his next best or was it his... Uh, I think it might have been his long shot. Either way, I remember tweeting out, I think I was walking back from uh, the opticians and I was just like, oh, big shout out to Kevin Blake for tipping up Santini so we get a bigger price about horses that actually have a chance. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In fairness, it was too bad to be true, but I still don't think he would have been in the top three or anything. Um, I don't think he would have been in the top six. No, it was great to see (laughs) Freud run quite well, but um, I didn't really have a massive bet in here. um, And I... I'm still kind of reeling from the fact that I got Minello Indo beat last year. So, you know, less said about that, the better. I just hope that James Watson backed Minello Indo. The amount of times that that lad bangs on about last year's RSA. Hopefully he got his redemption. We move <laughs> no offence if you're listening, James. Let's go straight to the Mare's Chase because I want to gloss over the Fox Hunters as quickly, uh, well, the Hunters Chase now, as quickly why, as possible. Why do you want to gloss over that? Because it's an absolute robbery that amateurs weren't allowed to ride and Billaway would have absolutely hosed up had it's Patrick just been on. because you want to go and watch the circle, isn't it? That's why you want to gloss over it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'll just say that uh, it came to pass was disappointing. Um, I'm sad that Bob and Co won seated rider because I think that he would have probably won the race. But you could probably call Pollock Bay the winner a mile out, couldn't you? He was absolutely cruising. I remember they were going down the back straight and I was just like, it was this. Yeah, you could, to be fair. Yeah, um, like you say, though, Bill away with Patrick on. That could have made the difference. He could have won it. Um, 13 links clear of your tip for the race, Stake or Wallace. So, well done on your 9-1 to one each way, pennies. Mm. Uh, unless Michael has anything to add, we can move on. Bob and Co. let me down for the place pot. <laughs> ah! <laughs> I got through every single leg, <laughs> and part from Bob and Co unseating the rider so if all i can say is if only david maxwell was on i would have i know good old dave who i accidentally called david wallace from the office um in the preview pod because i was reading staker wallace's name (laughs) while talking about david maxwell uh not a mistake that i'm proud of i i can't say that that was one of my finest moments uh we'll move on to the mayor's chase then for harry uh Go on, take us away. Um, 
again, it's it's one of those where I'm feeling a little bit bitter. Um, I thought Ellie May should have won, but all credit to Cole Reevy, like um, of of the pair, they're just completely contrasting, aren't they? She's massive and she'll happily scrap with anything, whereas Ellie May is the petite, uh, gorgeous horse, um, but she was just absolutely beaten for uh four furlongs she was uh, Cole Reavy was roughing her up jumping into her um and ultimately out battled it was it was a really really good finish and it I think puts the mayor's program in good stead um really exciting first addition to the race and you look at the first three horses uh Cole Reavy, Ellie May and Shattered Love the right horses were there so it's not like this was an absolute nightmare result for punters so i think it's a race we can all get behind for um very important reason as well uh mares should be kept in training um like i mean the best mare we've had in recent years um who i think beat on several occasions um our lovely guests here's favorite horse but i mean we'll, we'll gloss over that again but yeah no ellie may outbattled by a much bigger, tougher horse, um, and I would love to see them match again. It was a really exciting renewal. Why, why have you got to create friction with? with because, a guest? because because Annie Parra, I'm sorry, was miles clear of that hurdle division. Miles clear. She was, but Michael quite clearly likes my tent or yours, so don't upset him. We've only got two races left to go through. Okay. Um, I fight fire with fire, so you're now going to have to listen to this, I'm afraid. No, uh, no, I'm. <laughs> oh, I've done the wrong thing. <laughs> you're going to have to wait for it. Wow, that was that was unbelievable. Was under this change of tactics, continues to lead. The three that have beaten in the past are in pursuit. Boomer Dare, Jeski, and Annie Power. This is the last. My tentor yours is over. Jeski under pressure. Boomer Dare and Annie Power are now in pursuit. Setting off up the running, my tent or yours, under pressure, Annie Power, Boomer Dare, the last challenger, my tent or yours, hanging on, my tent or yours, they can't take back the tent, finally, tremendously, emotionally. What a line. They came second quite a lot. You can tell that Richard was gagging to use that line. You can't peg back the tent. And <laughs> you one of the next couple of runners heading down towards the last fight in the champion hurdle. And it's Annie Power comes towards it now. She's about four lengths clear. Fitzio, she jumped it perfectly. Annie Power heads up the hill. It's going to be third time. Lucky for her. The super sub, Annie Power, has won the Stan James champion hurdle. I love how I had to play that just, just oh, yeah. to run from my tent of yours. Oh, thanks, Barty. Are we, are we done? Uh, are we done? And the war, the war. Am I actually allowed to use those clips? You should. Yeah, or will they be copyrighted? No, I own that. That's that's my copyright. I don't know about the latter. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, it that, is. Yeah, that, yeah, Harry owns it. It's all right, you're, no, you're only saying that because you don't want this in the pod. <laughs> I don't care. I have no preference. I wasn't into racing when Annie Power and my ten or yours were racing against each other, and Annie Power was just better. Um, well, my thoughts on the Mare's Chase after that massive yeah, diversion. So, sorry, <laughs> listeners. We're back to the Mare's Chase. <laughs> um, I think that I had my finest moment of aftertiming on the podcast by saying, I've got Cole Reavy at 12s, and I don't really care if she doesn't run because Ellie May wins. 
Um, I was happy with the outcome either way. It was. It reminded me of that time when I was at York and I backed What's the Story in Vale of Kent, and there was a massive silence around the place. Um, I think I was the only one cheering because I backed them both in a forecast, reverse forecast, and everyone was silent, going, "Oh, what's one? What's one?" And I was like, "I don't know. I don't care." <laughs> I had a, an 11 to one winner and a 12 to one place in the end with the forecast. So that sort of reminded me of that taking me back to happy times when we were actually allowed on track um it was a fantastic finish like you said credit to the mayor's program um call Reavy, very game um i imagine that she'll be going for this next year um to win that with a penalty uh, five pounds more than the other horses two pounds more than ellie may and salsa i think that that was quite quite a good performance from call Reavy. battled back very very well just like she did when she beat pencil full of lead no, nothing further to add bring back the novice chase <laughs> falls of the novice chase uh we'll go on to the last race uh the martin pipe harry you were a detriment here you didn't put up a bet neither did our guest um jake russell so i was left with a bet and if you put on this bet i really hope you cashed out all that massive profit they offered when he went from 22 to 1 down to 9 to 2 because gabby nacko the lovely Gabby Nacko, um, he got unseated. He, he got hampered and unseated at, at the first hurdle. And I was gutted because I was just like, oh, my God. He had that race on a plate. He only finished eight and three quarter lengths behind Bob Ollinger. Uh, that mark of one four one, that was a gift. He would have won that, but he was unseated at the first. So uh, I was left with quite a sour taste in my mouth until my second choice, Galopin de Champ, crossed the line in first. Um, nice ride from Sean O'Keefe. He was sitting motionless. You can tell that this is going to be a graded class horse in the future. Um, a shame for the skeletons that Langadan couldn't do the bonus. And I think that that's all I have to say <laughs> about the Martin Pipe. Gentleman Demay was a bit disappointing after leading all the way. Uh, Harry, do you have anything to add? Uh, no, I followed you in on Gabby Narco, so it left. Um, I mean, the Martin Pipe is well now now is the most depressing race of the festival um it's yeah. when my festival blues uh kick in i know we had a chat earlier and you said that it only really hit you yesterday it hits me as soon as the horse crosses the line in the martin pipe um and it didn't help that i backed gabby narco um but yeah no great festival um i was looking at the markets before this race and willie mullins before on a tie was two to one to be top trainer and i did have a cheeky bet on him because i thought he had several darts in this all with half decent chances so more after time there. i very nearly did as well they were going yeah. oh well henry de bromhead's absolutely certain to be uh top trainer now i was like he was Hang one four on and willie with uh, twos yeah ed chamberlain said it and i was just like there's three races left he's only ahead by two I might back Willie Mullins here, but I couldn't find given, any yeah, other markets. Given, I don't know where you found that two to one. You lucky on devil. Sky. I was on Sky. Oh, I should have I looked tried, harder. I, I I told it to my dad as well, and he was sold. And then we well, went. Thanks for telling way. me. Oh, I did. I put it in the chat, but we went in the Betway, and again they didn't have the market. So again, uh, just a plea to please, please make use of your service. Yeah. Betway, <laughs> bet, Betway's rubbish. Always has been. Um, Michael, do you have anything to add on the Martin Pipe? Not majorly. My festival blues start as soon as um, basically our ITV kind of come off air because I never really, 
I never really like this race. I've never really, it's not a race you can kind of prepare to bet for. Mm. And it's always the last race you think about. It's only really kind of like when the declarations come out, you first, I find, this is personally my opinion, it might be different for you guys, um, that I think, okay, yeah, I'm, I'll have a bet in it now. And on the whole, I normally leave the race course before this race. I did, certainly did last year. So um, uh, it's not a race I'm particularly bothered about, but I was slightly sad for for the Scotland team because I thought they deserved to win. And I thought they were, that Langerdam was going just as well of, as Galapin de Champ. The problem is he was uh, two lengths behind him and going just as well. And he never made up any more ground. So um, this wasn't even... Um, uh harry's fault this time lorcan williams i think probably should have been closer again i'll repeat the same thing but the winner led and the other one came from the back of the field um in in this case he couldn't get there um so i, I think you could upgrade langer dan's performance i think he was unlucky not to win the bonus actually but yeah nothing more to add i back mill green who basically filled the same position as last year yeah except he was one out of the places on sky i think this year um I don't know, it's a bit off topic, but I actually really like Gallop and the Champ Silks. Does any, does anyone else? No, it looks like mud. No, I really like them. I really? that they they complement each other very nicely. It looks like a nice big dairy milk caramel. Um, I hope that Mrs Audrey Turley sticks around. I hope that she has a few more horses winning some nice races. I know she's got burning victory. Um, the success that she's had in her short time as an owner. Who knows? She's probably going to have another winner next year, so watch out for her. Um, Mrs. Audrey like Turley. No, how can you not like them silks? Because it looks like a horrible Battenberg. <laughs> it, look, it looks like a chocolate Battenberg. No, I don't like Battenbergs, so I guess... I can't even remember the last time I had a Battenberg, but uh, before we go off topic, I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, it, we've gone on a lot longer than I actually anticipated, um, so I'd just like to thank Michael for coming and joining us. Uh, yeah. I don't really know what to plug of his because he said his podcast has been discontinued, but you can follow him on Twitter at my tent or yours. Um, that is his genuine at, um, and yeah. he is a genuine person. He is not pretending to be the horse, my tent or yours. I have a lot of people who originally refused to follow me because they thought I was an actual horse or at least I was going to pretend to be. But no, I was there the day that my tent or yours made his debut at Ludlow, my local track. And uh, A, the name, but B, he was very talented and I followed him ever since. So pretty much before they were famous, very much so. And it rarely happens with horses. But yeah, that's that's the whole story behind the my tent or yours. But no, nothing to plug. Follow uh, follow Gooded Races on Twitter as well. I do some funny tweets for them. Oh, yes, Goodwood Races. He does the socials for Goodwood. My bad. I, I should have remembered that, but uh, we went on air about two and a half hours ago. <laughs> not, <laughs> not sure the pod will be that long because there will be some quite extensive editing that I have to do. Uh, well done if you made to... it to the end. <laughs> That's oh, all I'm going to say, yeah. Very well done. I'll let, I'll let you wrap it up. Take it away, Harry. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, good week. Um, really good uh, from Cheltenham, IHRB, BHA to get everyone involved. Um what a travesty this would have been if it was all British horses. It would have been so underwhelming. Um, but yeah, no, um, most of the right horses won. Um, there's some good stories in there, uh, like the Shunter, Tiger Roll, etc. Um, some really brilliant performances, and Rachel stole the show and proved she is the best jockey riding uh, in the National Hunt Code at the moment. And Jordan Gainford, very much one for the future. Yeah, I think that sums up just about everything. So uh, once again, thanks for listening. 
I'm not sure when our next podcast will be. Presumably an entry preview of some sort. Um, maybe not preview in every. Bring race, me back for the guineas. Just the important ones. No, <laughs> you stick in. You will preview the Grand National and you will try and find something that wins that isn't cloth cap or the storyteller. Oh. Uh, <laughs> until next time, thanks for listening and we will see you next time.